Aloha. Hey, how's it going? It's going beautifully. Thank you. Uh, you can leave your video off. I'm just doing audio for this. Okay, that's what I figured. Uh, how do I turn that off? I think you just did. <clears throat> cool. How well, are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm talking to Mr. Stefan Molyneux. I fucking love this. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. <laughs> good, good. Well, hopefully we'll rise to the expectations. Do you want to start off by reading your uh, letter or your email and we'll take it from there? Yeah, I have to go back and uh, see where that is. That's so right in the uh, Skype thing there, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, Steph, I know you like to keep this short and I will try. I was hoping to find out if there was a way to speak with you a few times about peaceful parenting. I'm more than happy to donate for your time. You deserve to be paid for all the hard work that you do. My daughter, who was 13, was abused mentally quite heavily for years. And now she has just been kicked out of her mother's house for the third time, which I feel will be absolutely permanent. <clears throat> I really need help in learning how to communicate with her and also maybe having her join us. <clears throat> There's a lot of challenges coming our way, and I just want to make sure this is as painless as possible for my daughter. I do sincerely hope you consider my request. Well, yeah, nice to meet you. I'm sorry to hear about all of this. And uh, just for those of you who don't know, I don't really do sort of private or, or paid calls, but, you know, we said we'd make this a convo for the world, so... Uh, yeah, do you, I mean, I guess there's quite a bit of backstory and, and feel free to go into as much detail as you need for, for, for this history. Oh, it's crazy. <clears throat> I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess, I guess some backstory is, is pretty important. Um, I'll give you a little history about myself. I, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for better part of my life, fairly successful, extremely talented and good at what I do. Um, on a side note from that, I was also, <clears throat> let's just say, relatively popular in the men's dating world, um, where I acquired quite a bit of fame and, and notoriety. Um, so <laughs> wait, sorry, do you mean like the pickup artistry world or just mean sort of dating privately i mean pickup artistry if that's what you want to call it yes well no no don't don't let me mislabel <laughs> your life's work i mean what would you call it i mean pickup artist sums it up fantastically i just hate the negative connotations that sometimes come with it you, you a know? player you a player yeah okay yeah, you're a player you're a manipulator you're this you're that but you know it's just teaching men how to become more attractive nothing wrong with that Nothing um, wrong with that. So, uh, and, and I think that plays into a lot of things that, you know, happened with her mom on some level because that fact is still being brought up <laughs> on a regular basis, like 13 years later, and I'm not even doing it anymore. Um, okay, so, so, so hang on. Sorry, let, let, let's give, give me the slow burn backstory to, to the ex-wife uh, before we, we yeah. get there. So. Uh, if we okay. could start even earlier than your hairy-chested pickup days and, and get to, you know, childhood, uh, parents, uh, discipline, that kind of stuff. Like my childhood? Uh, yeah. You know, come on, I always do the childhood I, stuff. I know, and I'm more than happy to go there. Um, you know, I didn't have a father. He left when I was two years old. I was 
told a story that he didn't ever want kids. He, I guess, got my mom pregnant um, and decided, okay, maybe I will, I will give one a shot. She got pregnant again, and he said, I'm out. And that's the story I was told. Uh, later on in life, I did some deep digging with my mom and kind of found out the true happenings of, of, you know, what was going on, you know, cheating on what seemed to be both of their ends and um, just a very unhealthy relationship. Um, so, yeah, so I grew up just with a mother um, who, from what I can recall, you know, dated, I don't want to say excessively, but there was just always a guy around, um, you know, one she was married to. Then that was short lived. That was when I was very young. He was an alcoholic, um, definitely a little crazy. I do remember that she wound up leaving him for somebody else while cheating on him for somebody else who then became a sort of live in boyfriend. Um, so from what I can recall, a lot of her tension wasn't really directed towards myself or my sister too much. Um, like it's interesting because I never thought of this, but me and my sister had a conversation one day, this is years ago. And she said, you know, Glenn, you know, mom, she never hugged me. Right. And I said, you know, that's weird. I, I don't think I was ever hugged either. And that really got me thinking because I was like, all right, well, what type of mother was she? What type of role did she play in my life? And yeah, she was there for me whenever I needed something at Little League, whenever I got in trouble and I needed money, or if I ever did have a problem, she was there immediately. But I, I don't recall any like deep conversations, any sort of like intimate, like sharing of feelings and ideas back and forth. Um, you know, I was a very disruptive child, for sure. Um, there's no doubt. I, I think I took a lot of my anger out on, on the world around me. Um, not to people I know, but to strangers, um, mostly. And, what do you mean by disruptive? Oh, breaking windows, breaking into cars, uh, throwing eggs at people's houses, like, you know, just starting trouble. Um, a lot of it, like I was always in some kind of trouble, always seeking some kind of attention from somewhere for sure. Absolutely. Well, it's so, not really seeking attention. I would imagine it's more, um, you were, I mean, you were angry, right? Well, looking back now, I could say, yeah, I was angry as hell. You know, at the time I didn't, I didn't view it as anger. I viewed it as like fun and cool and look at me and you know seeking attention but well that's what i was curious about right like yeah. you say you say disruptive right okay yeah yeah disruptive I mean, but what does that mean well in this case maybe it means uh angry and i mean if if that's accurate i listen last thing i want to do is tell you what your experience was right so if it's not anything i say as usual if it's not accurate you you know you are the expert <clears throat> on your life not me but if it was angry what were like the top couple of things that you might be angry about It's a great question. Um, 
it could have just been maybe not having a father. Like, I, I think there were times where playing sports and school events, you know, I think there were times where I was, you know, a little jealous of other kids for, for not having a father. Um, I was probably, I would say I was definitely a little angry for not having the types of relationships with, with family that, that other friends had. Um, you know, when it came to being like popularity and material things that, that wasn't too much of an issue, um, ever, you know, maybe I was just angry at myself because of, of my overall situation. Maybe I was angry at my mom for bringing these dudes into the house that me and my sister couldn't give a shit about and couldn't care about and who didn't seem to really care about us. Um, Did they fake it at all? Yeah. Well, like I said, there was like a stepdad, they were married. Then the next guy was around for, for a few years. And then there was like multiple boyfriends. But by that time I was like, you know, we're at a young teen, mid teens driving almost. Um, but yeah, he, I think he tried to fake it. Sure. I mean, yeah. I don't believe any of it was sincere. Like oh, no, no way. Now no. I, I remember a couple of mom, mom's boyfriends, you know, pretending to take some interest in me. And it's like, <clears> it's really, it's really fucking humiliating, frankly. It's really, cause you know, you know, it just, she lures them in with a vagina and points them at her son for some masculine presence. And it's like, you know, neither of us want to be in the, in the conversation. <laughs> it's all, you know, cause it's not so much the absence of a father. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, it wasn't so much the absence of a father that, that bugged me. It was like just the presence of all the lies about it. Like no one could just say, yeah, you know, I, I chose someone for entirely the wrong reasons. I chose for status, I chose for looks, I chose there was no virtue involved, and you're paying the price, and I'm sorry. Like, not, There was no just frank ownership of the issues, and of course, if there was any kind of frank ownership of the issues, then it seems to me quite likely that the issues would never have materialized because the marriage would have worked out. <laughs> but you've exactly. got to just, you got to sit there and just listen to all this mealy-mouth bullshit and justifications and lies and obfuscations and and projection and it's just like oh god can can you all just yeah. divorce and take ownership or just this endless petty justification for stupid decisions just have to go to the grave and you know i can tell you this for one of my parents probably the other one too uh, the answer to that is yes 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 it does have to go to the grave because they make it all the way through to the end and never tell the truth about anything exactly and you know there was Later on in life, there was a little bit of ownership on my mom's part, especially, you know, with what she did. You know, she even said to me, you know, uh, I guess it would be the, the first stepfather after my dad left. She said, you know, the only reason why I was with him is, you know, for money to help provide for you and your daughter. I didn't love him. I didn't even like him. I, I don't even think I liked having sex with him. I just. I just wanted to survive, which was probably. Whether it was one of the most honest things I think I ever heard her, you know, say, um, but I've never gotten much. Well, but more hang honest. on, hang on. It's just before we start <laughs> pinning medals on your mom's chest. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, look, ready. it's not. It's not entirely unknown for women to criticize their sexual power, their misuse of sexual power, after they've lost it, right? After they're too old to to milk that drain, so to speak. 
right? After they're too old to misuse sexual power because the sexual power is gone, then they can say, you know, I, I may have misused my sexual power. I don't know that that's, it's just an acknowledgement of that it's gone, you know? So you might as well criticize it uh, because you can't use it anymore. Sure, sure. I can understand that. And mm-hmm. did it come with apologies? I think there was definitely some some feelings uh, at that time, some sympathy and some some sort of I don't remember an outright apology, but it, it was the type of conversation where I think she just genuinely felt bad and guilty and about. It sounds like she said it was for you guys. Well, I think she said felt bad and guilty about what she did. Um, no, no, but she I, said, I, I slept with this guy to get you guys money. Yeah, essentially, put food on the table, yeah. Uh-huh. So there's not really regret there, because it was for the kids, right? I mean, did I, do I miss something? No, I guess you don't. No. I mean, she basically pimped herself out for cash to feed her kids. I'm sorry, I don't know what is that background noise, man. Yeah, you know, I, I jumped into the car because my daughter's home and I didn't want to hear in the whole conversation. And randomly, it just started like a downpour and there's no clouds. I would imagine it's going to pass in like one second. Oh, yeah, no problem. I just wondering if it was something under your control. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, there's there's literally like. I think we're just under one big cloud for a second. I'm sorry so about she, that. No, that's not, no, it's not your fault at all. So she was, I mean, was she broke that much that she had to get a guy to pay her bills? I, I don't know. I, apparently so. She made it sound that way. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I ever asked her, well, why don't you just get a fucking job instead of, like, whoring yourself out? Like, Well, but if there's two kids, right? I mean, they're young. It's pretty tough to arrange childcare that pays for anything, right? Yeah, but there there were grandparents in the immediate vicinity that would have taken both of us and watched us all day, every day. Oh, there there, there okay. was family there, no questions asked. Like, I I, I can almost get 100% guarantee they would have taken us at a moment's notice. If they said, if my mom would have said, hey, you know what, I need to go get a job, take care of my kids, you know, can you watch them? few hours a day or, or during the day, uh, I'm sure that they could have made something happen. You know, you and I, I mean, maybe you, but certainly not me. I don't think I ever was really offered the possibility of, hey, you could go to work for 50 hours a week. Or, or here's, here's another thought, I could pay you the same amount of money for half hour of sex a week. Like, I never got that offer. But I got to tell you, it's probably is a good thing I never got that offer because it'd be pretty bloody tempting. Let me tell you, <laughs> you know, 40, 50 hours of work, stress, boss, customers, taxes, yeah. or or have sex with a guy a couple of times a week and he'll pay all your bills. I mean, it's a pretty it's a it's a pretty wild offer that, you know, 99 percent of men will never receive. But uh, I could see it being tempting uh, you know, on your mom's part. Right. The sort of why don't you get a job kind of thing. It's like, well. It's hard for us to understand, I think, because we don't get those kinds of offers on a regular basis. Sure, sure, sure. And I agree with that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, just the phrase sex work came into my mind, but that's probably a bit <laughs> a bit harsh. And how long was she with... So hang on. So, so what happened with your dad after he 
bailed like your bio dad? Did he never stick around never, or uh, he was gone completely. He paid child support. My mom always, you know, made sure that me and my, my sister knew that he was he was good on his payments. He sent it every week, but we had zero communication, nothing. The only time I did get to speak to him was when my sister turned 18. She got married and decided that she wanted to invite him to the wedding so he came into town for a couple of days i got to meet him it was pretty uneventful uh, to say the least uneventful what do you mean how old are you how old are you is that enough your sister's older or younger oh she's younger so i was like 19 20 i mean he shows up at the at the house and i was like hey how are you you know i try to make it uh you know, as cordial as possible. He's like, good. You know, he comes in and, you know, my sister's there, my mom's there, you know, maybe we talk a little bit, and, you know, not a lot to say. Then I remember, you know, him taking me out to the movie one night and, you know, took I remember you to thinking, a movie? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's really weird, okay. man. I'm yeah, sorry. To, I'm sorry weird. to say, I'm sorry to say, cause I, you know, but, Hey, I haven't seen you for 20 years. Let's go sit in a dark room and not talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you present it like that, it makes perfect sense. You know, at the time, I was just like, you know, all right, he's probably just trying to, I don't know what, do something. But, you know, I remember telling him, like, I don't know if we'll ever have a relationship. Uh, I don't know if if there's anything for us to to reconcile or, or to know about each other. I said, but if, if you go back, you know, home after this and you decide you want to stay in my life, give me a call, say hello. And we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, spoiler, nothing happened. Well, yeah, basically, I mean, sort of, I, I found out exactly who he was on a certain level. I mean, so I, I had just gotten like a, a used car and, you know, something went horribly wrong with it. And, uh, you know, my mom was like, maybe she did this on purpose. You know, she was like, you know, go ask your dad for a couple of bucks. So I remember asking him and he was like, and it wasn't even much. It, it was, it was literally like probably under a hundred bucks or something like that. And, you know, he just Symbolic said, money, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he just said, you know, I paid the child support all those years, always on time. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to give you any money. And I was like, wow. All right. All right. Did he um, remarry? Did he have other kids? or? He remarried. As far as I know, no kids. No right. kids. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. And... Give me, if you don't mind, the sort of story arc of your mom and, and her dating and how that all played out. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't, you know, at the time, I, I you know, I knew my mom was, was sort of lonely because, you know, the, the second guy, not my stepfather, the other guy, the live-in boyfriend, it, it turned out that that guy had a whole nother family on the side, like, as, as ours, right? And it was like this whole crazy thing where my mom found out and she oh, What are you talking about? He had, he had a whole... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but I've heard this kind of shit and, and 
Yeah. I can't, I can't, I mean, family it's life is so, family. you know what it's like. Family life is so consuming. Uh, it's like, it's like a guy had three full-time jobs. It's like, how, how do you, how do you pull that off? I've always wondered about the logistics of that shit. I don't know. I, I have no idea how or, or what. I, I really don't know. But I remember, you know, my mom found out and she disappeared for a few days. Oh, and by the way, my mom was, <clears throat> a, I don't want to say she was an alcoholic, um, but I didn't, I didn't find this out until, you know, um, after, I guess the way to say it is after this next guy disappeared. What do you mean okay? you didn't find it out? Didn't you live there? Well, yeah, but I didn't know. I, I like me and my sister, we, I, I had no idea. I, I like what, cause what happened was she got into a car accident where somebody swerved lanes and hit her and when i went to the hospital and they were telling us about everything the one doctor said to me and my daughter i mean i mean me and my sister he said well you know how long has your mom been an alcoholic and we both looked at each other and said what are you talking about and then he proceeded to tell us how he knew from certain x-rays and what was going on that she was definitely an alcoholic or like her first husband right yeah exactly like her first husband yeah but she'd uh -huh. been keeping it going all the, all that time right yes yes wow. very hidden um like i said I, I i i honestly i it was such a shock because i was like i like i know every once in a while she'll take a few sips of vodka before she goes to bed but i never and i don't think it was naivety I just think it was amazingly concealed. I, I do. Well, the other thing too, if I understand this correctly, you never met her sober. Like, what the hell would you compare it to? Hmm. I mean, she's been an alcoholic since before you were born, right? Uh, I I don't know if before I'm born, but that's a very you know my my daughter never knew me with hair, right? <laughs> my wife never knew me with hair. Right. In fact, <clears throat> she'd be horrified if I showed up back with hair. Right. She'd be like, "No, that's not you. That's not. That's not the look that works. It's not what I like." So, yeah, my, you know, I mean, you never met her sober. You're right. I, I have never thought about that till right now. You're absolutely right. Well, that's why people call, man. That that kind of flash <laughs> of light, right? But yeah, yeah, so you wouldn't have a comparison. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And of course, she would in part drink out of the humiliation of having to use her sexual uh, abilities and access in order to get money, right? That's that's a pretty horrible way to live. And yeah, there would be some, I mean, deep, deep shame involved in that. Sure. Sure. I agree. I agree. Huh. Sorry, just remind me, how old were you when your dad left? I was about two years old, maybe two and a half. Oh, so you don't even really remember him being there, right? No, I don't have, I don't have any recollection of him at all. I don't believe. Do you? Do you know? I guess you only have your mom's version. Do you know why he left? Like, was there any particular circumstance or big blow up or? Well, I don't know of any particular circumstance. No, not at all. Um, you know, I tried to sort of get answers from my, my grandparents because they were around at the time. And, 
you know, everybody sort of has a different story. So I'm, I'm like, I don't know what story to believe. So I'm not going to believe any of them. And I'm not going to try to piece this together. And, and, and to be honest, I really don't think about it much. I mean, I, I kind of went down that road at one time when I was really trying to do some self-exploration and some healing and some personal work and tried to have some very raw and vulnerable conversations with my mother because that's something that we never shared before. And, you know, I got as much as I can out of it. Um, but like I said, I got her side and, you know, who knows if that's the truth. Do you know if your father had any substance abuse issues? I don't believe so because my mom would have told me like now. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like she would have said, Oh yeah, by the way, your, your fucking father was doing crack or cocaine. Like, but no, she never mentioned anything of that. So I, I don't think, and from, I don't think he was abusive in any way because my grandfather, you know, he's like an old Marine guy. Like he would, he would have like shot that dude dead in the street. Like if he abused my mom. So I don't think he was abusive physically. I, you know, I, like I said, I tried to put together some of the pieces of the different stories and, you know, from what my mom's brother has said. And, you know, it's just a mishmash that doesn't really give me any answers. Well, he might have just got tired of living with an alcoholic. You can't have a relationship with an alcoholic because all you have is a relationship with the alcohol, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you might be right. But then that leads me down the road. Well, well, why didn't he want to be in our life? Like if it was just an alcohol problem, then, you know, he would have maybe stayed around for me and my sister, but he, he stayed away for sure. Like by choice. So, well, I mean, it can't be because of the kids because the kids are just the kids, right? So it can't be because of that. So the only answer is that it was because of your mom. Yeah, maybe she's difficult. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she is difficult. Like, well, I wouldn't he, she, she wasn't oh, difficult for your dad. Well, yeah. Because like, she just left, you know, right? That, that's one yeah. way to solve the problem of difficulty. You know, you ever have this thing where it's like you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to undo some knot and it's like, wow, this is really difficult. And then you just cut it. <laughs> you know, you do this with fishing, yeah. right? You get the fishing snarl. And yeah, I'll spend a minute or two trying to undo the fishing snarl, but you know what comes out next? It's the pocket knife and just hack, hack, retie, right? I mean, so uh, yeah, she is difficult until she's not, right? And then you're just gone. Sure, sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And how long was she with the guy with the second family? If I had a guess, I would say that was a little long lasting, like maybe five years or so. Five or six years. Uh -huh. But he's, of course, cheating her uh, on her the whole time, pretty much, right? Well, yeah. I mean, like, how do you have another family and not cheat? Like, you're not just going to... Well, that like, is cheating, I guess, in the worst way, right? Yeah, right? Like, whether it's mentally or sexually, it's still... Was he some, like, traveling salesman? Is that how he pulled this off? Do you have any knowledge about how he no, did this? He was... I don't have any knowledge, but he, he owned a couple of uh, gas stations. You know, where you go to, you know, buy your gas. So he owned a Yeah, I know what a gas station is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're in Canada, so I'm like, maybe they call it something different there. <laughs> but yeah, he owned a few You know, I'm, I'm in Canada too, right? Yeah, I do. I okay, do. so and, go on. Uh, Let's just assume the you know, colloquial is fine, but it's not petrol or something. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was definitely successful because, you know, he... 
he drove a couple nice cars and, you know, he wound up paying for my mother to go uh, learn a trade and for her to open up a business and get that all started. So he was financially, he was very well off. So he could afford the two families, no doubt. You know, I never asked my mom the real story, what happened, because I really didn't give a crap. And I still don't. Like, I don't, uh, I don't really care what happened with that relationship. Like, I didn't really like the guy. You know, my sister didn't like him. What did you not like you know, about him? You know, that he tried to be my father. You know, or, or that he would try to control me. You know, it just, it never felt right. Like, maybe it was... Maybe sorry, and how old were you? Sorry, how old were you when he came into your life? If I had a guess, I would say ten. Oh yeah, that's too late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after five, if some guy comes into your life after five, he can't ever be the primary disciplinarian, or you know, he's he's just he'll he'll forever be the stepdad. It just can't yeah can't work. And he was, and he wasn't even like. You know, and he had a Middle Eastern name, and I remember hating that, and I don't know why I hated it. I mean, like, you know, when my was friends... Was he to, Middle Eastern? Yeah, he was Turkish. You know, and huh. for some reason, when I was young... Turkish I polygamy. Some... God, I never heard, of, never heard of a Turk with a harem <laughs> before. Boy, this is like, this is unprecedented in human history. Anyway, go on. That's why I'm talking to you, because you connect dots that I can't connect. No, seriously, that that's really, really awesome. Um, but yeah, I, there, I don't know why. Like, I'm not, I'm not prejudiced. I'm not racist, like at all. But when I was younger, I, I was always embarrassed of 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 his name, you know. And like, I didn't want to tell people his name because I thought they they would laugh at me. I, I don't know what that was about. Right. And also, like, I mean, for the for the people who grew up with dads, you know, this is just two two guys without dads talking. It's like it's really it's low status to be without a dad. Like if you're if you're a, I don't know, I'm sure it's the same for girls, too, but it's low status as hell. If you're like in the playground or you're with your friends and they're talking about their dads and you don't have a dad, you feel like shit. You feel like shit because it's just, you know, your dad didn't want to stick around. Your mom made a bad choice. Or your mom drove him away, and your dad didn't stick around, and he doesn't show any interest in you. It's just, it's really humiliating in terms of status. Uh, at least it was for me, and maybe the same thing was for you. Maybe it wasn't, but uh, that's that's pretty rough. It's it's. I, I didn't know a single guy without a dad who managed to get out of the bottom 20% of the pecking order in, in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and maybe it was humiliating. Um you know, I can't recall any, any specific instances, but, you know, I think I kind of alluded to that fact a little bit, you know, about being angry that, you know, maybe I didn't have that type of relationship, that, that boy to father relationship when I was, when I was younger. Maybe that's some of the reasons why I was angry at the world and, and acting out. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Gene Ward's presentations, but father absence is associated with that our selected behavior. You know, uh, it is uh, tendencies towards promiscuity, low impulse control, short time horizon for planning, and and so on. So, you know, some petty shoplifting, some property destruction, some uh, your attempts, because you can't gain status in the normal way. 
mm-hmm. because you don't have a dad. So how do you gain status? So how do you, 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 you don't go for status, you go for notoriety, right? Which is I'll be dangerous, I'll be on the edge, I'll be, you know, edgelord or punky or whatever it is, right? You go yeah. for notoriety rather than status because you can't, you can't get status because you've got no dad. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head. You're absolutely right. All of that. It's exactly what I was. Exactly. And what was your day? So this guy was with you, you the, the second dad or the stepdad, like from the age of 10 to 15 or so. And yeah. then did your mom dump him because of the second family? Is that how it played? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how it played out. Like, you know, it, she she disappeared um, for a few days. Um, well, well, what's funny is... I, I, I snuck out of my house to go, uh, you know, be with this girl that I, that I was hanging out with. And, um, you know, I never got in trouble for, for really anything. Um, you know, my mom was always pretty lenient on the, the punishments. And so anyway, I had snuck out of my house to be with this girl and I'm coming back on my bike at like, you know, five 30 in the morning, it's a school night or a school morning. I got to go to school in a few hours. And I see my mom like storm out of the house from the direction I was coming. And I could tell she was, she was storming and she got on her car and peeled away. And, you know, I remember like getting into the house. I'm like, that's so weird. She's, I guess she's mad at me that I, that I snuck out of the house. Like, I I guess, I guess like most alcoholics, she wasn't exactly a morning person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I was just like, I can't believe she's, she's going to make a big deal out of this. This doesn't, this didn't seem right. But then I come to learn, you know, when my mom doesn't come home and my grandparents are like, Hey, you know, your mom's going to spend a few days away from the house. She needs to take care of some things. Something happened with her and, uh, you know, Mr. Turkey over there. And, um, you know, she's going to let you know when she's ready to come home and she's going to tell you everything. And, uh, you know, so we spent a few days, you know, waiting for my mother to come back home. And when she came home, she pretty much came straight out with it, said exactly what she found out, how she needed a few days. She probably, I don't know, just needed to drink herself into oblivion. Did Um, she say how she found out? She did, but I don't remember. Um, It it was a mistake on his part. That That I do remember, but I don't know what it was. He screwed up somewhere and... Maybe it was a, a phone call or a bill or a receipt, and she just, you know, she must have known. She must have had a feeling about something because, you know, she put a lot of things together very quick. And back then, you know, you didn't have Google, you didn't have text messages, you didn't have beepers. Like it was a lot more difficult to to find information. So, you know, she probably had a feeling for a little while, and then whatever happened, you know, just center to the truth right okay and so when did you you started dating before 15 is that right oh yeah (laughs) he said with some pride so how old were you when you started dating i was a very you know horny promiscuous little kid um that's the our selection too right i mean yes i agree so you know probably 13 I mean, chasing girls, like interested in them at 12, but you know, I think like the first girl I was, I was like feeling up and kissing was like 12 or 13. Um, wow. although I, although I didn't have sex until I was about 16, 
but everything else before that with, you know, not a ton of girls, but, Wait, you, know, you mean like sex, like intercourse? Yeah, like actual intercourse, yeah. Oh, yeah, but you did like other stuff. Okay, got it. Oh, got yeah, it. yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. And yeah. what were the kinds of girls and what were their kinds of families? <laughs> you mean back then? I, I don't even remember. I, I don't even think it was... Uh, you know, I always had a thing for the popular girls, um, like... Okay, I, just, sorry, I, I'm just trying to think. Like, you, you, you're coming out of a girl's house 5.30 in the morning. That's not a functional oh, yeah. family structure that's letting that go on, right? Yeah. Well, she was like, uh, that was like at 15, 16. That was like when I lost my virginity. That was the girl. Still. <laughs> still. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no good dad in a 15 or 16-year-old girl who's like, yeah, sure, let the, you know, the broken home kid sleep over. Yeah, well, I, like I would sneak into her house through the window and climb up and, you know, we'd do our thing and we'd do that pretty much every single night. <clears throat> or as often as we Still could. an uninvolved dad, though, right? I mean, you'd, know, you'd notice these things, you'd, you'd notice something that's definitely a lack of surveillance there, right? Yeah, possibly, possibly. You know, it's a long time ago, so I, I can't really speculate. Or, or remember much about her dad or what their relationship was like, that girl. But, um, no, I don't know. A house or an apartment that she lived it in? It was a house. A house. Yeah. So footprints in the snow. Yeah. This, uh, well, it's it was not impossible, far- right? <laughs> Especially in Canada to figure out if somebody's been uh, to the house at night. Right? Well, it, it was a far bike ride, so um, I don't I don't think I would have gone there in the dead of winter, but, you know, oh, right, right. maybe maybe I would have, for sure. Um, if you're 15 and are selected, you would have, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, tell me a little bit about your dating history between that and then your ex. You mean the ex with my baby mama, so... Yeah. My dating history is, is interesting. Um, I've always, I've never had trouble, you know, with women or, or getting women. Um, not to my own accord. Usually it was the way I would dress, my style, my hobbies, my social circle, um, you know, and they were well, always... Well, sorry, just to, I hate to interrupt you right at the beginning of your story, but just for the point of clarity and illumination... You never uh-huh. had trouble getting certain kinds of women. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's important because they're never in trouble getting women. Um, you know, there's women and there's women, right? And so you didn't have much trouble, I guess, getting hold of dysfunctional women, maybe broken women, desperate women, uh, oh, yeah. women, you know, women for bad homes, women for sure. self-esteem issues, uh-huh. that kind of stuff, right? Yes, hot crazy broken i get them all day every day but right. you know what what that was leading to is <clears throat> you know i i i couldn't you know get the girls that i really wanted so like <clears throat> you know and these Wait, are hang on, that, hang on. What, that's a big statement that's a big statement what do you mean so the analogy i i sometimes would use is like yeah you know what i'm at a bar girls are going to, you know, present themselves to me and they're going to be hot or they'll be attractive, but there'll always be a girl who's just a little better looking and who's a little bit more my type and somebody maybe a little bit more interesting that, that did it. And I always wanted to, to learn how to meet that woman 
because now, I Now, hang on, sorry, do you, do you mean in terms of like better looking or just a woman of, you know, substance and morals and quality and that kind of stuff? All of all of that, yes. And I was always very aware of that. Um, so you were stuck on a kind of substrata of woman that you couldn't get 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 above, so to speak. I was stuck on a substrata of woman that I couldn't get above. Yeah, I guess I was to a certain degree. Yeah. No, no. If, if I'm wrong, like again, I guess yeah. like don't agree with me with anything that's astray. But yeah. you couldn't you couldn't get beyond a certain uh, level of quality. Is that right? Quality, yes, that is that is correct. Yes, that is correct. Right, um, and you you, you may know, not need, you may not not even know where to meet that kind of woman, right? That they're, they're not hanging out in bars waiting to be picked on, you know, at midnight, right? Uh, or picked no. up on, uh, at midnight, right? So that may, it may be tough to even, you know, find where those women be at, so to speak. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And you know, the bar was sort of like an analogy uh, that that I would use, but. It isn't necessarily uh they weren't uh, all at bars right yeah exactly um but yeah i mean you know like dysfunctional women with with daddy issues and you know problems yeah i i'd get them and i'd usually wind up dating them you know all very oh so you weren't just like a wham bam thank you ma'am uh a pump and dump you would like try and make make uh, make girlfriends out of them well, yes, because I didn't know how to go out and continually uh, replenish the well. Um, and that's I don't know what, what I, that means. So, yeah, I, 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 w- I would fall into relationships with these women out of out of need and not necessarily want. So, you know, but I need need, need for what uh, need because you could get sex from more women or different so, women, right? Yeah, so yeah, it was the need for sex for validation for companionship um it wasn't necessarily that i wanted to be in the relationships with them because they were very dysfunctional they made my life uh, a living hell like like what them. are we talking what level of of uh, oh, n- are we on god it, it could go from like five to literally level 12 like the crazy of crazy borderline narcissistic like i've had it like um, screaming on the lawn uh, phoning you 20 times, like texting oblivion, like what What are we talking here? Yeah, like like stalker, like crazy, like, yeah. I mean, I, I had one that I was in a relationship for a year and a half and, you know, it took me, it took me a long time. Well, I don't know about a long time, but by the time I realized just how dysfunctional her, her thinking was, I was very, very emotionally invested in the relationship and um you know i wound up spending uh, a vast majority of my time trying to manage her emotions and fix her in the relationship rather than just like running for what little bit of sanity i i had left was she someone who managed to hide the crazy or sort of looking back it was right up front early on it was was right up front but you know like what okay give me give me the red flags if you remember them uh so the biggest red flag was like we spent a long time getting to know each other on the phone due to a certain circumstance where i wasn't in the town i was in and i met her online so we spent an extremely long amount of time uh getting to know each other on the phone which was something very new for me 
like what I'm going to spend five hours a night talking to some chick before I sleep with her. And, you know, we're talking like eight nights in a row, like talking 40 hours, 50 hours on the phone. Like that's that that's a lot for me. Um, it's a and, lot for anyone. Yeah, it is. And it was really it was really awesome. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to knock that experience. It was really nice. And, um, you know, the first time we saw each other, she said, well, what do you what 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 if it's really awkward and what if it's weird? And I was like, well. I don't know. I think I'm just going to walk in and grab you by the back of your hair and start kissing you. This way we don't have that awkward moment. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And that's exactly what I did. Right. And it, it wasn't awkward. It was pretty nice. It was pretty like seemed romantic and cool and really sexy and really hot. And, um, you know, after a little while, she made some dinner. We ate and we wound up, you know, having some sex. And I remember just like, Afterwards, she kept saying, "Like, how was it? Was it okay? Did you like it? Did it feel good? Was it tight?" And I was like, "Was it tight?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wow. Like, I was like, "She's like, no, I don't act like this, but I'm so nervous. We spent so much time getting to know each other." Girlfriend's and- asking if it's tight or it's tight. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was like, "All right, well, you know, maybe, maybe there's some truth to this." And Maybe there's some not to what she's saying, and um, so, sorry, some truth to what? To what she was saying about why she was asking so many questions, right? Oh, and, and why um, was she asking so many questions? Yeah, and then I remember, you know, she was like, "Well, why, why are you looking to be weird?" I said, "Well, uh, I don't know. You're asking a lot of, you know, crazy questions right now that like no girl has ever asked me after sex." Like, and I said, "And not only that, I'm like." What I'm seeing right now doesn't seem like the person I talked to for like 80 hours. And I said, I'm just trying to sort of mesh this picture together because nothing is making sense right now. And she's like, well, what's that supposed to mean? And, you know, you're making me feel weird. And, you know, like just even that first night, like the little bit of a psychosis. Sorry, why was she asking all those questions? Did she ever was she sexually abused as a child or something like that? Oh yeah, she was fucked up from her dad. Like God. Like I, well, I don't know if she was sexually abused because I don't think she ever said that to me. But like physically, mentally, like yeah, he used to beat her and beat the mom. And at one point, I think tried like throwing her out of a moving car and would lock her in closets. Like she was, she was pretty pretty heavily mentally abused for sure. And um, you're like, hey, let's let's have sex the moment we first meet in the flesh. I didn't know this. These are what do you mean? Like, what the hell were you talking about for eighty hours? I don't know weather. <laughs> I have no idea. Like food. Like I, I don't know. We didn't. We didn't. I don't think we got into any of that. Um, so well, that's you know, that's yeah, a conscious avoidance, right? Then you're not asking her those questions because you're attracted to her. Yeah, probably. You don't want to vet her, right? Yeah, or rather, true. your balls don't want to vet her. You probably do, but your balls don't. Yeah, definitely. And she was pretty smoking. Um, So, you know, when you ask about like from what type of levels of crazy, I mean, this one turned into a stalker who would literally drive around my house 30, 40 times a day for months after I dumped her, like months calling me for years afterwards. Like it, it and, you know, when you're trying to heal. Because it, it it was difficult for me. I did go through a lot. You're How trying long to did you go out for? Sorry, a year and a half, you said, right? About a year and a half, yeah. But the, the level of mental 
and emotional energy I put into that relationship trumps anything I've ever done in my life. Like, I, I've never felt like, so... Sorry, what were you... You know, first of all, what's that supposed to mean is a very dangerous phrase. Like, at the moment I hear anybody say, well, what's that supposed to mean? I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Strap yourself in, buddy. We're going for the crazy train. But um, <laughs> what were you trying to do or achieve with her that was so exhausting? Normalcy. Oh. Just baseline fucking normalcy. Just like, you know, trying to fix her and bring her to conclusions and teach her about like meditation and, and letting go and, and, you know, working through her problems and listening and being there and the demands. And it was crazy, crazy, like absolutely crazy to the point where I, I literally was just like, we're done. That's it. Goodbye. What was the but, final straw? What I believe was one of two things. It was either a faked pregnancy or a real pregnancy with somebody else. Go on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, you're asking me to go back and, and remember all this. So she always was like, you know, begging me for a kid. Like, and I mean begging, like nonstop. And she'd always say things like, I have the perfect way I'm going to tell you. It's going to be so awesome if it ever happens. And I would always tell her, like, listen, I, I have one. Like, I, I don't know if I want another one. Oh, this like, is after your ex? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm trying to give you a dating history before your ex. That's fine. We'll, we'll finish this and go back. But go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. No, so, I uh, asked. It was my fault because I asked you, like, what were the levels of crazy? So we jumped time frame. But that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, so I was like, you know, I have one, and I don't know if I'm ready, and you know, I, I don't know how our relationship is. Like, we have a lot of problems, and she's like, oh, we're gonna be fine, you know, one day when you're ready, and you know, she always had this this dream of having a baby. Like, it was constantly rammed down my throat. Like, was it a way to keep me? Was it a way, it a way to, to like, like what? what? <laughs> Are we Are still, still there? there? Hey, Steph. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, sorry about that. I just had a loose connection. So you're saying that it was a way yeah. to keep you and stuff like that? Yeah, like, you know, maybe she wanted to have a, a baby with me just to keep me because, you know, I was Mr. Uh, popular with the women. I, I was, you know, the... Uh, you know, the dating coach, the pickup artist, like, uh, I think she felt very threatened by a lot of those things, um, for sure. Well, and you have some money, and, um, yeah, and, and of course, uh, how's she going to keep a hold of you? Because there's the bridge, right? So you get a lot of sex, she's very pretty, she can hold on to you by hormones, then the hormones wear off, and then how's she going to hold you then? Well, the next step is a kid, right? Exactly, exactly. So... So we, we go out to dinner one night and, you know, the relationship was getting pretty fucking bad. Like I was already really on my way out. Um, and, you know, she would say things like, you know, I could tell you're, you're, you're checking out, you're leaving. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, on some level for sure. Right. So, and I was always very careful about, well, I don't know, I don't want to say too careful. I mean, we had sex unprotected, but I would never. I would never go inside her, but I don't know if you consider that careful, but I was as careful as I could be. It's carefulish. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's carefulish, and um, you know, so we go out to dinner one night, and you know, everything is just like kind of normal. And on the way to dinner, we're in her car, and she starts asking me these questions, like, you know, about would I do the same things with a new kid that I did with my old kid? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to talk about kids right now. Like, you know, like we're going out to dinner. I don't want to talk about having a baby. And, um, you know, she'd ask a few more questions. I'd answer. Then we get to this restaurant and we sit down and she like, she goes, here, I got you a card. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. And it was like this fucking lame, cheesy card that said I was going to be a dad. Whoa. And I, I, I remember reading it and I swear to God, I just started getting fucking sick to my stomach. Like this is not going to be good. The walls are closing in. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, it ain't fucking mine. I'm like, I fucking know it's not. I was like, there's no way it's mine. I, I, I have a funny feeling that she went out and fucked this dude the night that I fucking broke up with her like a few, you know, about a, a month ago or so. Um, cause I did, I was like, I'm fucking done. Go do your thing. And it, it doesn't matter, but I'm pretty sure she went out and banged some guy that, that night. Um, although I couldn't prove it, but so I get this card and I just look at her and she's like, what? And I was like, I was like, well, let me give you a hug. Right. Cause I'm not going to, go into this now and plus I, I need time to to figure this out i need time to sort of put you got to check these... on the status of your second passport i'm just kidding yeah but you know what i mean like i wanted to put pieces together like i i didn't want to jump to any conclusions right now i was very emotional i was like you know let me let me just you know be cordial if it is mine then cool you know let me just play this part right now and um so I give her a hug and she's like, thank you. That means a lot to me. And, and she goes, and you know, I, I don't want you to, what did she say? She said something like, you know, she said something about like, I, I don't want you to question whether this is yours or not. Whoa. It's like, I was like, all right, well, you know, thanks for the now, now I'm Now I am questioning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, because what had happened was, a few months before there was a, a potential pregnancy scare where she took a pregnancy test and she said it was positive. And I was like, okay, well then it's a hundred percent, not mine. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, because I was fucking in another state. Okay. I was out of town for those two and a half weeks. There is no possible way. If you're pregnant today, it could be mine. It's oh, impossible. and then magically the pregnancy did not occur, right? Yeah, I guess magically. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So it was this. So that's why she said it this time, right? And I was okay. like, all right. So, so we go to my house, and you know she's going to sleep over, and all of a sudden she just starts telling me that I need to make more money, and she doesn't need to work anymore, and I'm going to have to take care of her, and I don't want to live in this house. And we're, I mean, it just went from like zero to like 10,000 with the demands. Like it went fucking crazy. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I I can't even handle this right now. Like this is, this is just crazy. So 
I, I look at her and I say, you know, if you're going to go down this road right now, then you need to leave. I said, because I, I can't deal with this or listen to this tonight. So she leaves, okay, goes home. The next morning, she starts calling me again with like all of this crazy crap. I mean, same demand, same thing, same yelling. And at one point, I'm just like, why are we having this conversation right now? I was like, it's the day after you told me. I was like, you're telling me I need to go out and make all this extra money that I'm going to need to spend more time with you and stop seeing my daughter. I'm like, these are all like crazy things. Like, like, oh, she wanted you to stop seeing your daughter or just stop seeing your daughter as much? Stop seeing my daughter as much. Okay. And, and I don't know exactly what she said or what I had said to really set this off. But all of a sudden she just starts saying, I'm going to fucking move. Across the country, I'm going to make sure that you never see our kid, okay? I'm going to make sure that you never even know the name of our kid. I will do, and like saying all this crazy stuff, knowing that during my divorce, my ex-wife tried to do that to me with my daughter. Oh, so you've given uh, self-knowledge then, or a, a confession of your weaknesses is giving ammunition to an enemy. Excellent. Oh, Lord. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, once she said these things, like there was no coming back. Like for me, I, I, I was done. That was it. And I just said, I will never allow you the luxury of hearing my voice again. And I hung up the phone. Those were the exact words I said to her. I hung up the phone and she never heard my voice again, ever. She called, texted, screamed, cried, drove by my house hundreds and hundreds of times. Some days I think she was even sleeping up the street in her fucking car, like literally. But I knew that if I didn't leave that relationship, like my sanity would, would be totally lost because the things that I went through in that relationship were the most challenging and emotional situations that I've I've ever gone through or that I can recall. They were almost more challenging than going through the divorce and, and fighting for my for my daughter. I mean, it was it, it was crazy. The and you say this kind of stalking went on for years. The stalking went on for a good eight months. The the calling years. Like the calling and then, you know. Then she did happen to call me from a, a random number one day that I did pick up. And I said, I said, you have two minutes. And I gave her two minutes and I said, all right, goodbye. And that was it. And what did she say in the two minutes? You're the best and you were right. And I just want you to know you were amazing and you were, you know, you were, you were so good. And I was, I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, that's all I kept saying. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. Um, and she's like, well, you know, maybe we can meet for coffee. And I'm like, no, we can't meet for coffee. Well, me, I was like, no. I was like, are you done? And she's like, well, I just want you to know that I think about you all day long and every day. And I said, all right, you know, two minutes are up. That's it. And literally hung up on her. And then she kept calling. She kept calling. 
leaving messages, texting. And no kid, right? No, no, it was a total fucking lie or, or it wasn't mine. It was one, there's no way it was mine. So it was either, it was either somebody else's. Okay. Because what she did send me an email saying that she, uh, wound up having a, a miscarriage. Uh, right. Later. And I was like, yeah, fucking liar. Okay. What was it, her age range? Like the, over the relationship? Her age was, that'd be like mid thirties, young thirties. Yeah. That's mid thirties. Kind of crazy. That's yeah. mid thirties, baby rabies kind of crazy. That that's a whole other level. Like for the younger men out there, if you've not encountered baby rabies, uh, mid thirties uh, women, and and what they can escalate to, uh, you know, stra- strap in and avoid because it's uh, you know, because you're you know probably the last chance, right? Last chance for her to have this dream of a baby, and and of course, you know, for a lot of women who aren't particularly stable, the baby is like winning the lottery, right? Because that's what she said. Bigger house, more money, I'll never have to work again. I mean, it's just winning the lottery. I mean, she, she's like got this beautiful Hallmark card life of, of you know, kissing baby toes and, and uh, never having to have a boss or a punch clock ever again, never having to have a commute. And, you know, you take that away from a woman in the full flush of last grasp hormones. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty destabilizing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Agree. So yeah, that was that was the crazier crazy. Now you right. talk about baby yeah. Mom? So let's let's go leading up to oh, okay. So you you obviously dated a lot of women, right? As as a sort of pickup artist player guy. I mean, you dated a lot of women, and was it generally short term relationships? Um, when when I got very good at seducing women, it was genuinely short term. Um, like weekend, all- week, month, like that that day. You know, that hour. Oh, like just so that, like a real one, one time thing, right? Yeah, it was very, it was very rare that I I wanted to see women more than one time or have sex with them more than once or twice. Um, They're just, I tried to figure out what made me want to have sex with, with women more than a few times. And I, I've never, I don't know if I've ever truly gotten an answer to that. Um, yeah, now, so, hang on. So I don't know much about the pickup thing. Is is the pickup thing, I just want you for sex and I'm leaving afterwards? Or is there any kind of implicit, let's make I, it go of it? Or, or how does that play with, with the women? I, I think it depends on, on the guy uh, and what he wants and his desires. Sorry, I mean for you. So for me, <clears throat> when I when I did acquire this new skill, it was it was very one and done and i was very upfront and honest with women about that there was no there was no alluding to you know something more i i used only my 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 sexual energy um in that regard um so the women went into having sex with you knowing that it was just one and done like just sex and gone yes i mean you know i mean obviously there there is there is openness to the possibility of more, but I, I would never give that impression ever. No, wow. definitely not. So these are women without much of a sense of self-protection, right? And, and I'm not saying because you're a dangerous guy. I mean, maybe emotionally, <laughs> we'll get to that, right? But as far as like, you're not a physically dangerous guy, but for a woman to go with a guy she's just met, who's physically bigger and stronger and be pinned down in some fairly remote and private location. I mean, these are women without a single fucking shred of, of self-protection, right? 
I mean, yeah. you could have been a bad guy, right? And and they're just like, yeah, yeah, sure. You're 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 twice my size. Yeah, come and pin me down in a remote location. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Sure, I could have been a bad guy, definitely. All right. They wouldn't have known. You're well, they'd have known at the end. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I do sort of have a lot of. I guess social value in certain ways, so it's pretty. Oh no, easy. I just meant like if you'd been some psycho killer, right? They'd have known at the end when you brought up the axe or something and started talking about yeah. Phil Collins. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could have, but uh, you know, I, I'm pretty. I was pretty easy to locate and Google and find, especially through my businesses that you know people kind of or women. Oh, so talk. this wasn't like a woman you just meet in a bar and you just go and have sex with her or someplace. Well, no, sometimes it was, and sometimes it was girls I'd meet in the park and, and take home, um, for sure. But then there were a lot of other women that, you know, definitely had had chances to, to Google me and, and look into things. Okay, um, right. And, so, and how many women have you ever done the count? How many women would you say you've uh, you've slept with? I have a lot. I have no idea. Hundreds? It's fair to say, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And and of let's just say I don't know, pick a number three hundred, right? So of the three hundred, <clears throat> what what number of those women would have been some a woman that you would have considered having a long term relationship with? Well, it would have depended on what what time of of, of life it was. So you know, I, I had many long term relationships before I, I got good. Well, you kind of had that many because, you know, we're not immortal, right? Unless you're a vampire Lestat or something, right? You know, like one was four years, one was two, one was three, you know, maybe another one for one. It's like before I got good, I, I was I was always dating. Like I, I would typically date these girls. I really wasn't a, a one and done guy until I, you know, started to learn, you know, I guess that skill set. Um, once I learned it, then it was like you know, off to the races, like hardcore. But, you know, what, what I discovered is that, you know, it's all about this conquest that doesn't make me happy. You know, so at first it was like, oh, I just want to get the girls that I can't get or that I, I didn't have access to, whether they be good girls or different looks girls. And then I would attract these women into my life and then I'd still feel empty. And I'd say, okay, well, maybe I need to just go sleep with some more or, or try to sleep with them quicker. And let me see how that makes me feel. And I would feel empty. Then I'd be like, all right, maybe I need to do a couple threesomes and let me see how that makes me feel. And I just found myself chasing something that never made me feel good. It, at the end of the day, I, I didn't feel good, like about who I was, about what I had become. Um, it didn't feel genuine to me. And that's something that I really wanted in my life. And, you know, at that stage, that's when I I really gave all of that up because it was a it was chasing an endless dream that just didn't it didn't mean anything to me anymore. Like and I, how long was this phase of like probably about one and done and threesomes and so on? It's probably a few years. You know, it was a while. It was a while, you know, because it took a while to get decent. Then it took a while to get to that next level than that next level. So maybe three, four, five years, uh, if I had to guess, you know, and I would talk to my friends and tell them this and they're like, yeah, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. And you're like, dude, you have the best life. And I'd be like, well, yeah, but I'm not happy. Like, this isn't like, I want 
companionship. Like I love conversation. I love intimacy on a level. Like I love that sharing of energy when you connect and you bond with somebody emotionally. And I said, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been giving this out to myself for years. I haven't, I haven't allowed myself to experience this. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Well, um, and you're not viewing the women as full human beings, right? I mean, to, to use them well, and yourself as a full human being, right? To, to use just this animal rutting, this, right, that kind of stuff, right? You're absolutely right. And I mean, there was I can't, I'm sorry, I, I can't imagine that, you know, in, in five years when your daughter is 18 and some guy comes creeping around her using the mind Jedi shit tricks of, of the pickup artistry that you'll be like, oh, this is going to be great for her. <laughs> exactly. Because you see her as a full human being, right? She's your daughter. I, so I do. would you want a guy like you uh, sniffing around your daughter when she's of age? Um, a guy like me today, yes. A guy like me then, no. Right, right. And, no. and so that, that's what I'm talking about is that you, you didn't see the women as as sort of full human beings with histories and childhoods and dysfunctions and loves and hopes and possibilities. And like, it was just like, Hey, there's a, a pretty hole. I'll, I'll use it and, and move on like a urinal or, or like I a burger. I mean, you know, it's interesting you say that cause I've actually explored what you just said on how I used to view, you know, women and, you know, I, I don't think I, I mean, maybe on some level I, I did view them the way you just described, but I think on another level I always did have respect no, for them. No, so, no, no, no. Okay. No, seriously. Come on. If these women hadn't been sexually available, right? If it was an, if they had exactly the same personality, but they were an elderly Japanese gentleman, you wouldn't be giving them the time of day. I mean, let's be honest with each other here. I'm not saying you're being dishonest, but let's be frank. You were there for the sex. And if the women hadn't been attractive to you sexually and hadn't been available sexually, you wouldn't have spent any time with them. You're right. You're right. And I would, I would say that, and and maybe you have a thought on this. I, I would say I wasn't there for the sex. I was there for the the validation more. Um, no, because you can get validation in six million different ways in the world, right? Yeah, but something about validation from women. Maybe it was something that I didn't get from my mom. No, but you you weren't being validated by the women. Because well, they didn't, I, I, yeah, they didn't like now. you that much as a person because they didn't sit there and say, hey, you know, you're a really interesting guy. You're really fascinating ideas. You're a great conversationalist. Let's not just go and have sex. Let's keep talking. They wanted to oh. shut you up as much as you wanted to shut them up, right? I mean, they oh. weren't validating yeah. you. They were no, saying, I, uh, okay, I'm here. I'll, I guess I'll do the sex thing, but I don't really, I'd rather have sex than a conversation. Oh, you, no. Right? No, 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 not at all. Um I mean, some, yes, but the majority, they, they wanted to stick around. They wanted to see me more. Um, oh, I see. Now, hang on. Now, now we're back a little bit, right? Because I was asking you that earlier. I'm not trying to cross-examine you. I'm just I'm trying no, to puzzle this whole story together myself, right? Please, please, because please. if you had said, like, uh, that's my big question, right? Do, do men offer the potential of a long-term relationship and the woman then has sex with them with some reasonable expectation of a long-term relationship. But if you're in your full threesome 
six six uh, six girls in five days, whatever the hell was going on. There's no possibility, really, of a a longer-term relationship. And, of course, a longer-term relationship can't start with sex. Like, it just can't. Like, absolutely no way can a long-term relationship start with sex because it comes out of such a place of insecurity and anger and need and desperation and, inse- like, it just can't, right? And And so if the women wanted to stick around, then they might have been using the sex as a lever to try and get a longer-term relationship, in which case, you know, you, you broke some hearts, right? Yes, yes. And that's what I mean by you, okay. doing harm to the women, you know, because if, if they're like, oh, maybe he likes me for me, and then you're like, you, you come and you leave because you're done with them, right? Uh, like mm-hmm. a Kleenex, right? You don't frame it. You, <laughs> you throw it out, right? And, <laughs> and so, you know, that would be kind of humiliating for them, right? That's what I mean by like not seeing the sort of full okay. humanity thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying now, definitely. I mean, if your sister, who I assume you you care for, uh, do you? Um, to a certain degree, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well, I mean, if she if she had a guy who just you know like maybe we can have a relationship, he has sex with her, and then he totally ghosts her, I assume you wouldn't think that's a good guy, right? Um, I would want to hear both sides of the story before I made a, a decision. I mean, so if you're asking me to take whatever she says on face value. I would say he, he's a horrible guy. Well, but, that, but wasn't that you a, a bit? Yeah, I guess it was me a little bit. Well, more than a little bit. I'm not saying completely, but yeah, more so than a little bit, right? I, yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll admit to that. Sure. Sure. And and this this is not to make you feel bad at all, right? I mean, the whole purpose of this conversation is to get you to connect with your daughter better, right? Yes, and and yes. so I've not I've not forgotten that in everything that we're talking about I don't get I don't get distracted that way so I'm I'm like laser focused on this right cool uh-huh. okay just just so you know that's 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 everything to do with what I'm I'm kind of asking about so um, okay so uh, yeah if you can tell me so you did you did this in three four five years you're doing this uh, Don Juan thing and and then was it in this phase that you met the woman can we just call her I don't know, Sally, like your ex? Yes. Yeah, we can call her Sally. It was the exiting phase, yes, that I met her. And what's the story there? So the story is, um, you know, I met her and she was absolutely awesome and fun. Like, when I met her, we got along, we clicked. Um, we didn't have sex right away. Um, what's right away? Well, it, it kind of like, you know, we talked a lot and we couldn't meet up and then she went away for a while and then came back into the town where I was living <clears throat> and got in touch. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You're back. Let's, let's hang out. And then that's when it happened. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, the sex was on the first night that we had a date, but we had sort of seen each other and talked, you know, a little bit before. Okay, so that's that's your warning sign right there, right? Yeah. Because the same I, thing I, happened with other crazy women that you are on the phone 80 hours and then you have sex the first time you meet, right? Listen, I, I didn't say I wasn't still choosing crazy women because I... Oh, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. But <laughs> I'm just in terms of like, uh, I asked, you know, how, how long is a, a long time? And you give me this sort of bit of a runaround, right? And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, the first time we met in the flesh, we had sex. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it was. Uh... And do you know why you do that, or why they do, why the woman does that? Has sex with me the first time? Yeah. Um, do I know why the woman has sex with me the first time? I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I'm, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm not, I, I want to know what, I mean, you're the one who's doing it. So what, what do you think? I think, uh, you know, aside from <clears throat> the amount of desire that I seem to be able to create in women when I'm in their presence, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know if I have much more of a of an answer as to why they do it the first time i mean okay i can tell you why why women have sex with you when they first meet you it's to provide a value they have not earned okay yes that i understand uh-huh. okay well yeah. tell me what i mean make sure we're on the same page well exactly so <clears throat> they haven't worked for my my attention my my validation for for anything Okay, yeah, so God, they, God, uh, God gave us hormones and them holes, right? So that's neither yeah, of us earned yeah, these things. So, so I'm hot. Here's my vagina, and hopefully that's enough to make you 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 like me, rather than having to show you who I am and and potentially have you not being attracted to me. Correct. Yeah. So a woman with self-respect would mm-hmm. not do that in a million years, because she'd sit there and say, "Look, I want you to like me for me. I mean, the sex will be great for sure, but I, I want to know that you're here for me." And not the sex, because there's no way to form a stable relationship based on sex. Because, I mean, you know this, when you're in a relationship and you have kids and it's tax time and, you know, whatever it is, like, you can spend some time not having sex. And if you don't like the person, really enjoy their company, if they're not a good friend and a good companion and and a, a great plus to your life, if the primary value that they provided is sexual access, uh, there's just no way. You're, you're building your house on on sand. It just can't last. And so the woman is like, I, I will throw the V-bomb at you as a flashbang so you don't see the absence of my personality. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you, you do it too. I do do it. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to find out. I mean, I'm not, look, I don't, I'm not saying you're a bad guy or anything like that, but if you don't feel like you have as much to offer other than, you know, flirty, sexy player dude, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Then, I, I then, then you're going to want to go for the sex so that you avoid the emptiness, right? Because you're saying this had come off like close to a half decade of empty, meaningless, use someone else <clears throat> sex. So you're empty when you come into this relationship. So you haven't filled up, right? You haven't got to the root of the issues. You haven't uh, reformed, so to speak. And if you just spend half a decade emptying yourself out, <laughs> I guess literally and physically and, and balls-wise and emotionally on on nothing burgers of, of sexual flybys, then you're, you don't have much emotional depth or resonance or strength or security or self-regard to bring to a relationship. So you both just crash into each other physically because that's value that you can provide to each other that you haven't earned. It's like it's like the rich kid who's, who's, whose daddy leaves him $5 million and he just flies everyone out, around on a private jet and la- lavishes money on his friends because he doesn't feel like he's worth much without daddy's money, right? But every, every time he does that, he just makes it worse. He just is reaffirming that core belief in his heart. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, so you crash together 
and then then what happens? Well, I liken it to a uh, <clears throat> like a dating reality show where just um, you know I'd see her like once a week, and and every every week, you know, she kind of made it back to the next episode, um, which was unusual for me because, like I said, I'm not used to you know always. Uh, seeing women pass like one two maybe three times at the most so um it just kind of seemed like every time we hung out things were just fun they were easy they were interesting they were extremely enjoyable you know she didn't complain she just kind of understood you know the guy i was and you know let me do my thing and i let her do her thing and ah the good old chameleon yeah I'm so easygoing. I'm just, I'm not like any other woman you've ever met before. I'm not going to nag. I'm going to accept you for who you are. Things are going to be just hunky-dory. I have a good sense of humor. Right? Oh, yeah. It's all keeping the lid on the cauldron, right? Oh, yeah. She was good at that for about 10 months. And then, uh, you know, the the cauldron bubbled over. That's longer uh, than most. Most people, mm -hmm. most women or men will only make it six months on that stuff. So, all right. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and, you know, for me, I, I did say I... You know, it's difficult. It's a while ago, but I do remember saying that, like, you know, I'm going to take my time getting into a relationship because all the relationships I've jumped into in the past went horribly bad. Maybe if I take my time and I take things slower, um, you know, there's more chance. Okay, what the fuck, man? (laughs) I'm sorry. You have sex on the first date and you're going to take things slow? What 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 thread am I missing here? You're not missing anything. I was doing the best that I could at that time in my life, and that's that's really all I can say. Oh, that's say. a. I mean, I guess that anybody could say that about anything, and I'm not disputing you or anything. But yeah. when you tell me I had sex with her on the first date, but I was taking it real slow, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, you're going to have to pick a lane here. I meant I meant slow emotionally. Um, no, I didn't mean slow sexually. I meant slow emotionally. Um, ah, so you have the classic or the big sex emotion dichotomy, right? Like you can have sex without emotion and you're like, well, okay, I'll share bodily fluids with you, but not my heart. No, not always. Not always for me. Um, sometimes the two intertwine. And but I probably not after that. a half decade of being a player, right? Um, well, no, because it did start, it did start happening with her. Like I felt the feelings coming on that were familiar to me from, you know, earlier days in my life. Like I genuinely found myself wanting to be around this person. Um, and I, I thought at the time, okay, this is good. This feels good, but you know, let me just give it a little time and let me not rush into things. And these are I'm mistakes. Sorry, so what, what does rushing into things mean? with like, regard because again for me that means sexual but i mean i want to make sure i get it yeah. from your perspective okay cool yeah it means for me it means about rushing into a committed relationship rushing into seeing each other four or five nights a week from seeing each other one or two nights a week rushing into always having to be available to somebody if they need you like anything that comes along with a potential relationship like like you've become that, the entire church congregation priest and mother of the person right what do you mean well like everything that they'd normally rely on a community for uh, they they come to you for like any any issue that they have it's like you got to spend three hours on the phone 
Yes, yes. So I just wanted to, and I wanted to assess my feelings. I wanted to, at that time, I I do remember wanting to make sure that my feelings were true and that if I was going to be with this person, that if I was going to commit, I was going to commit and not cheat. Like, I wanted to make sure that this person just didn't, when I was, when I was with her, I wouldn't be thinking of other women. And and sorry, had you cheated much in before in previous relationships? No, not really. No, no. I, I as a matter of fact, I I don't know if I if I ever did in in the relationships that I've ever had. Um, you know, I I don't think I ever have. I've been in a few, like maybe five or six, like more than a year. But I don't I don't think I ever did. But and you what, know, what was we, you and Sally's age ranges here? Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, this this is horrible. Uh, she was twenty one, and I was thirty four. Right. Why is I why think. is that horrible? I mean, just from your perspective. Uh, well, I mean, because I, I could look back at things now and and see just how how immature and um, I guess. Uh, well, she wasn't immature. I mean, that's like calling a baby short. I mean, she was perfectly fine for 21, right? She just wasn't 34. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you could say less mature, but I mean, again, that's not an even yardstick, right? She was perfectly mature for 21, just immature for where I was. And and have you kept kept all of your head hair? Yeah, thank God. Well, I wouldn't thank God, man. (laughs) Because that, no, that might have perpetuated the eternal childhood stuff, right? The eternal adolescence stuff. I don't, I don't, I have no idea where you're going with this. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's just a little theory here, right? So, um, just by the by, you're like, oh, thank God I kept my hair. It's like, well, if you hadn't kept your hair, let's say you'd started going bald in, in your early thirties or whatever, then the 21 year old probably wouldn't have dated you, right? <laughs> no, seriously, right? So you'd have to look for a woman more your own age, right? So the question is, why do men go bald? So there's lots of different reasons, maybe to do with physical combat. You know, you can't grab a bald guy's lack of hair in physical combat. But part of it is to make sure that there's not too much of an age gap, because age, age gaps are destabilizing for relationships and therefore for the children. So mm-hmm. as far as the thing, I mean, I get the, you know, the vanity aspect of it. Thank God I kept my hair. But whenever I talk, whenever an older guy is dating a younger woman in particular, I know for a fact the guy kept kept his hair. That's kind of why I asked it. And one of the evolutionary advantages of losing hair is it keeps the age gap down of who you can date, thus making sure the relationships are more stable, which is generally better for the kids. So I just wanted to mention that. So I, I know it's a lot of thing to say, oh, I wish I'd lost my hair. I get all of that. But, you know, there there's a reason why uh, it happens, and I think there's pretty good evolutionary reasons why. That is... <laughs> I mean, I, I've studied and, and looked into a lot of, you know, evolution and like and, and evolutionary psychi. Uh, and this is the first time that I've ever I've ever heard this connection. Oh, that, listen, that I mean, I, I, I've had so, I mean, like all men, I've had my eye on younger women when I was younger. But because I started losing my hair in my 20s, uh, it was pretty clear. Like that the younger, I mean, if any of you have had to shave my head completely, that's a whole different kind of look or, or feel or whatever. But uh, I've always found I, I just have way too Germanic a face to to shave my head without terrifying Polish people. So, um, yeah, I just it's something I guess uh, I just wanted to sort of pass along. It's not particularly important. Yeah. I just it was an interesting non sequitur. But yeah, all right, sure. so she's she's 13 years younger. Right. And where did you yeah. meet her? Um, 
through through my my business that I owned. She okay. Was a, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Customer. Oh, customer. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you date, um, and it's and it. then how, how does how does your daughter come along? Um. So we date. Things go great, and you know, around month seventh or eighth, you know, she kind of. <clears throat> You know, she's asked a bunch of times, like, what are we? My friends are asking me. I don't know what to tell them. Are we a thing? Are we an item? Are we a relationship? And Okay, so you know, you're emotionally unavailable, right? Because she doesn't know where the relationship is. Yeah, well, I wasn't unavailable. I was just, like I said, trying to trying to make a wise decision, which I, I don't think I, I, I succeeded in. But so then I finally agree. I say, you know what? Like, cool, let's do this. Let's be in a relationship like you know what? I'm totally into you. I, I love spending time with you. It's, it's, it's fun. It's never stressful. The sex is fantastic. I'm like, you know, you, you're kind of are into a lot of the same things that I'm into. This is good. Let's do it. So we do it. And, um, we wind up moving in together relatively, I guess soon, I suppose. Uh, and maybe what, what therapy or anything like that? No, but I, I did we did go see, you know, this counselor to learn how to communicate with each other better. Okay. Cause I thought, you know, there was a, a lack of, of genuine communication between us and, and dialogue about certain things that needed to take place that, that weren't. So I thought if we got some help, maybe that would help, you know, ease the tensions in the relationship a little bit, maybe. Okay. Um, and w- were those tensions coming from a lack of communication or were there like the age gap? The... Plus, she must have been a little bit frustrated about wanting a career in fashion and now being pregnant, right? No, because that that turned out to be total bullshit, like something she wasn't even interested in. And and we, we can... What, the schooling thing? She just didn't care about it? No, I mean, no, not one bit because she, you know, after the baby came, she immediately changed you know, tunes and wanted to be a school teacher. Oh, all right. Like, like gave it up. Didn't even care about it. I don't care about fashion. Okay. I don't really like it. Um, okay. now did you guys think of getting married or did you talk about that? Yeah, of course we did. Of course we did. And we, we did get engaged. Okay. And I, I was willing to, you know, like I said, really, really put everything I have into it to make it work. Um, you know, especially for, you know, a daughter that's coming into this world. I, I believe, you know, that, that two parents should be in a kid's life as long as it's healthy. And yeah, it's you didn't want to be like your dad, right? No, no. Right. That was my Absolutely not. So I, I did whatever I could to, you know, help the relationship and make it work. Absolutely. All right. Uh-huh. And what happened? Um, well, my daughter was born and... I guess what had happened then was it seemed as though my expectations of her changed when my daughter was born. So, uh, and the way I view it is like, you know, when you date somebody or you have a girlfriend, you have certain expectations, but when they're the mother of your child, you have a whole different set of expectations that also need to be met. Um, and a lot of those things didn't really seem to be being met. Okay. So, so I did take on the financial responsibility of our, of where we lived. 
Okay. Um, I didn't take school on yet, but that's also because, you know, school was pretty much coming to an end and it was already paid for. Okay. So I, I did all of the food, all of the clothes, you know, yeah, spending. Okay. You, you paid. Yeah. And, and she was yeah. home and getting up all night and breastfeeding and all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she was, you know, I think okay at all that stuff. Um, but she's going to hit some issues because her mom was a drug addict, right? So she's going to have some flashbacks and PTSD, some like whatever might be happening uh, with all that, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe for sure. And, um, you know, I just remember after after a few months, it just, it, everything just got really difficult with her. Like it was just, nothing was good enough. Um, she wasn't taken care of enough. I wasn't doing enough. I Were wasn't you working home. still like 12, 13 hours a day. Yeah. And especially trying to find more work. Cause I wanted to bring in more money. Like, Oh, but, so hang on. Is she isolated at times? But the thing is I, I worked close to where we lived. So I would run home during the day and take no, I get that. I get that for sure. But I mean, yeah. you're still working, you know, that's pretty crazy hours. Right. And, uh, did she have, yeah. did she have, you know, like having a baby? I mean, it's unbelievably draining and, you know, it's like you cease to exist almost because you're just sitting there focusing on the baby's needs, which is totally fine and appropriate. But did she have anyone to share motherhood with? Did she have, did her family move no. close by or, or, okay, so no. she's alone with the baby. She's going to, she's going to yeah. go crazy. Like, I'm sorry, that's just a fact of life. Yeah. Women should I, not be left alone with babies for 13 hours a day. And again, I know you popped in and all of that, but. Uh, that's, I, you know, that's not a good move. Yeah. And I, and I did used to bring her to work and everybody at work would, you know, spend time with the baby and her to try to, you know, improve her social life. But yeah, I did understand that. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it but, should have been a time for cutting back and relying on savings, at least for the first year, but all right. Water but, the bridge. You know, things, things just were getting bad. I, I, the only way to describe it is it just all the problems we had, before she was pregnant came back like 30 fold. Right. Like, like insane. And, you know, there were, there were times where we would get into like arguments, like yelling back and forth. Um, with the baby, of stuff, course, in the house, right? Yeah, I, I would think. Yeah. I mean, well, what do you mean you would think? Where was the baby? I mean, it's in the house, right? Well, the way the house was set up, I was trying to think if we ever argued in front of the baby, but we must have. But no, but it, if it, you're yelling, right? If you're yelling, and it, you said it was an apartment, right? Yeah, but it was like a duplex, and it had another separate little wing. Okay. Where where the baby's room was, so I, 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 I I'm sure we argued in front of the baby. Um, sure. For sure. Um, like there's no doubt. But. And do you remember what you argued about? Yeah, like one of the one of the things we argued about, like I, I came home to surprise her during the middle of the day. Okay. And as I'm putting the key into the door, I hear her screaming and yelling at the dogs. Like they're my dogs. And when I say screaming and yelling, I don't mean like average screaming and yelling. I mean like shrieking stuff, right? Like banshee Satan. stuff. Satan. And I, I never heard this from her before and i come in and i'm like what the hell is going on here i was like why are you yelling at that i was like why is there poop 
on the wee wee pads. Like, why are you letting them out? Like, what are you doing? Wait, what? Here? Are, what are the wee wee pads? I don't know what that is. They're like little, little, little pee and poop pads that tiny dogs can go on if they don't go on outside. Okay. But they were like filled with poop, which means she didn't take them out at all. And I was like, like, what are you doing in here? Like, I don't understand what's going on. Everything is a mess. I'm working my ass off. I asked you to go to the store, pick up some things from Whole Foods. You didn't grab anything from Whole Foods. And it turned into like this giant, it, it was a pretty big deal, a pretty big fight. Okay. And, and what was uh, her, what was her, I mean, not her side since you don't know, but what did she say? I don't, I don't even remember. It'd just be like excuses or I don't have time or. Or, you know, I have a baby and I can't, and you should do this and, you know, you should be doing this and you could bring it on the way home and, you know, things like that. Right. Um, we were, argu- we were arguing a lot, like a lot. And, um, this is where things are going to get a little, little crazy. So, you know, the relationship's bad. Okay. I, I desperately don't want to be involved in it anymore. Um, it's just it's not healthy it's not healthy for me for her for the baby for nothing it's just it's bad. and listen just just so you know i mean this is just a i'm sure you figured this all this sort of stuff out but i just sort of mentioned it as a whole um did you feel used for money a little like she had the baby and she yeah did right. i feel used i don't know if i felt used i felt she doing good. sorry to interrupt what was she doing in her college. life at the time college Oh, she was in college, and what was she studying? Um, something with fashion. <laughs> Are you just trying to keep it vague for purposes of identification, or you're not sure? No, I know exactly what it is. So, fashion design. Okay. Okay, got it. Yeah, like, um, no, I'm not trying to be vague. I'm just, yeah, fashion design. Um, so. And was this so, like a community college thing, or like a university thing, or or what's that? No, this was like real deal college. Like, and I assume she was, you know, people into fashion tend to be quite pretty. So she's, she's got the looks, she's got the figure, she's got like the, the she's in college, that kind of stuff. Yeah, she was crazy hot. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. Like super. Do you know uh, much about her family background? I didn't, but I do now. Holy shit, do I now? <laughs> but I, I didn't have much of an insight. Um. The only insight I got was, you know, she had went home to visit her family and, you know, she said, um, you know, if I buy you a ticket, will you come out here and meet my family? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So, uh, you know, she bought why, not? Yeah, like, why, why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not? Oh, my God. OK, what? so let's say that it's in, in eight years when your daughter's 21, she brings home a 34 year old guy. What do you think? Well, I'm going to be like, all right, what the fuck is going on here? So I'm that's gonna... why not, because any decent dad is going to be like, okay, dude, let's sit down and have a man-to-man talk about why you're interested in my daughter. Yeah, is it because we of her wonderful, deep uh, wisdom and personality and life experiences that match yours, or is it because she's young and pretty? In which case, you're going to break her heart to back the fuck off. Well, exactly. But we were already living together, and. I was like, sure. I mean, this is the right thing to do. I'm living with this guy's daughter. Let me. No, no. But did you did you think about sitting across from the father with a 13 year age gap? 
Yes. Hell okay. Because yes. you've got of this blasé shit going on with a lot They're of this not- conversation, which is like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, I got no depth from you in this, and I don't really understand. Oh like, you seem less mature than the 21 year old sometimes, if you don't mind me saying. I asked a thousand questions. I was like, who else is going to be there? What, you know, does he, does he talk? Is he going to want to talk to me? Does he want to see me? Like, believe me, I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm so much older and I'm more successful. And, you know, I kind of have a, uh, it doesn't matter, but you know, there, there was a lot of that going. Wait, you kind of have a, what, what was that? What was yeah. that sentence? I, I just have a way of presenting myself. That is very, let's just say, um, let's just say I'm very fashion conscious. Okay. So in a way that that's done very nice, it's not like I'm, I'm like weird, but I've noticed that, you know, when you're around a normal or people or people aren't so interested in, in their appearances or how they address, sometimes they kind of like to pass judgment on you. So you mean like going, foppish? I don't no, know what you mean. No, like, uh, like I'd be in a band, like, but very put together, like not like I don't have tattoos. I'm very clean, you know, no face. You mean hair, like Russell Brand kind of stuff? Like, uh, no, who's, who's the Blink-182 guy? What's his name? The good Adam Levine type of thing. Oh, that's the Maroon 5, I think. But yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like that. I don't know. I, I almost never see that guy with his shirt on. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell, but okay. So yeah, you, you, I, do you have like long hair and, and so it, it was, it was a little bit longish, but you know, very, like I present, I present myself very well to the world. And I've noticed that when you go to like very, you know, conservative areas of the United States where, you know, like in Tennessee or the yeah, South, you get that easy rider treatment, right? Yeah, exactly. So okay, I now sorry. Do, and in this, just so I can gauge, right? So in the conversation that you're having with me, are you doing that? Like, is this sort of natural thing? Like you're presenting yourself well, that kind of thing. I don't uh, run that by me again. I don't so I... in the conversation with the dad, I mean, do you have you'd be concerned that you would because you say you present yourself well, you come across well, and I'm just curious if that skill set is automatic to the point where you feel that you're presenting yourself well in this conversation or coming across well in this conversation, like with me. No, it's not automatic because I, I, I've learned to sort of take a step back and, and check that. Okay. 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 So did you go and visit the parents? I did. Yes. And he was very, the dad was very, you know, the way he shook my hand was the way a man shakes another man's hand. It was a lot of eye contact, a lot of, mutual sort of respect between us um her family was very warm i'm sorry respect for what it just seemed like there was like a sort of respect for who we both were it's just it it was sort of like this understood sub-communicated thing between us where it was just like you know, okay. Okay, but sorry, what? But what did he respect you for? And I'm not saying there's nothing to respect you for. I'm just kind of curious, I, like I, respect is so you don't just hand it out like candy, right? No. So, so what was it that he I, saw about you, or that he he respected I, you for in terms of what you've done in life, or or whatever? Yeah, well, definitely for for my accomplishments, my business, because I remember, you know, she had told me like, you know, my dad definitely wants to ask you some questions about about your business because he sounds very. Uh, 
you know, he's always asking me and he sounds very curious about it. But I also think it was the fact that I, I flew out there and came there just to like meet them. Right. Like on but there, after you moved in with the daughter, right? Yes, it was after, but I did talk to her dad before we moved in together and, and discussed that with him. And did he say, uh, did, are they Christians? They are, but they don't, they don't follow hardcore religion. Um, well, what, not what, even softcore, right? Cause it's like, yeah, you, you yeah. can move in and, and, and did, did he say with regards to his daughter, like, are you going to marry her? Like, is the moving in a pre- precursor to marriage or like, are, are you settling down? Are you going to have kids? Like what's your, what are your intentions? Well, I think he, he, he wanted to understand the situation. So, and the situation was, you know, we're into each other. We've been dating for a while. Uh, my lease is up on the place that, that I was renting. And, you know, essentially she was coming out of her dorms and had to find an apartment anyway. So it kind of made sense at that time. Like, Oh no, not? no, come on. You don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't, the, the two can live as cheaply as one stuff, right? That's, I mean, did the dad ask you like, basically, are you going to make an honest woman out of my daughter? I mean, did, did she want kids at the time or did she talk about having kids at all? She did. Yes. Okay. She did. So she wants kids. So I assume she wanted to be married or whatever, and you're moving in yes. together. So did the dad, cause she's 21 and you're 34, well, right? So, so someone's got to be looking out for her cause she's 21. And was dad, it the dad? He, he did ask me my intentions. You know, I, I don't, I don't remember how exactly he presented it. Cause this is a while ago, but I remember him, you know, well, what's going on? You know, what are you doing with my daughter? And, you know, talk to me a little bit. Um, like he did want some answers for sure. Like I, I do remember that. And what did you say? I don't recall. I remember just trying to reassure him as best as I could for. No, but for, what were your intentions? Not what did you, I mean, sorry. I mean, I don't know. I asked what you said, but I mean, what, what, what were your intentions in fact? My intentions then were to be in the relationship, to, to do whatever I could to, to have a, a good, healthy relationship with this woman. That's what my intentions were. Like, that's what I no, wanted. No, but she wants to get married and have kids, right? Yeah, and so did I, but not that minute. No, no, I get know? it. So your intentions were, if it worked out, to marry and have kids, right? Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, Got definitely. it. Okay. So oh, yeah. right. you move in, um, was it 10 months into the relationship? Did I get that right? Yeah, it's got to be around that time marker. About That sounds about right. Maybe, and maybe then what like happened? 12. So we moved in and things were really great. And, uh, you know, then they started going bad, like fast. Um, what happened? What, what started happening was I started to realize that this woman doesn't want a boyfriend or a husband. She wants a fucking father. And. Wait, the woman bothered. who's dating an older guy has daddy issues? <laughs> you don't say. Stop the presses. <laughs> you don't say. I mean, you know, in hindsight, you know, I, I in hindsight, I, I maybe I was uh, blissfully ignorant or or purposefully avoiding that. But but so what was but what yeah. was the issue with the family structure that she was left with this daddy stuff? <sighs> You know, that's a really good question. And even to today, I don't think I have the answer to that. Um, I, I, I've tried to figure that out and see what's really happened there. Well, what, the do you early, know? what do you know about her childhood? Sorry to interrupt. I 
what I do know is her dad is the biggest yes man, beta man on earth. Like, and when I, when I, uh, I mean, and I'll explain why. Um, so her mother was a drug addict. I didn't find this out till, till much, much, much later until Wait, after. Th- did you meet the mom? The mother I did meet, but she's not on drugs anymore, but she was a drug addict during their youth. Oh my God. I, yes. Um, like what drugs do you know? I don't know. Okay. Um, the husband, her father is insanely successful, like multiple, multiple millions and millions, like uber successful company, everything, um, you know, has this woman, um, who is a drug addict, um, who I think is, is not around very often. He works a lot. Okay. And I know that she had a lot of freedom to go about and wait, but who raised her? I think mostly their grandparents. Okay. Yeah. From what I can gather, I would say, you know, probably 80% of it was the grandparents and, um, uh, on on the mom's side, on the dad's side, the mom's side, uh, the grandparents, I don't think were in their life too often. So the mom, I assume, was just another hot mess, right? Like a pretty, pretty mess. I mean, I I didn't find her attractive, but, you know, I'm sure some uh, from where she was, she was probably a good seven or eight. Um, But put her in a big city and no one's going to look twice. She just vanishes, right? Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And I know at one point she had left him for another guy. Okay, like completely left him and she would actually call him her father for money and wait sorry the the, your girlfriend would call her mother's lover or sorry no her her mother would call her her husband oh call her your girlfriend's dad for money yeah even though she she just left him for another dude and is living with another dude and he would like, you know, like give her money. He used to pay for their rent to go live in the, some house together. They wanted to open up like a bakery shop. He gave them money to open up this bakery shop together. Like, this is like your wife, like who, who so, just dude, like, what the fuck are you? What? What? Sorry. <laughs> I just need to back up here because you're like, he shook me. He shook my hand the way a man shakes another man's hand. Yeah, and he looked I'm, at me with respect. And it's like you, you you gave me this impression that you met the rock or something, you know, like and, and, and this is like spineless beta. Give money to the lovers of my wife. Shit. I mean, sorry, you just you just give me a 180 right there. It, 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 how do you think I felt? when uh, i started seeing this and learning all these things and i but hey you know the important thing is you had a lot of sex and moved in together before you found out about the family history that's the important thing right that was that was the most important thing yes (laughs) so you're not paying anything for that decision (laughs) okay go ahead oh yeah i've been paying for it ever since um so am i going on about them or am i going on about what well yeah so when you said she wanted a dad what do you mean yeah, it was just, it, it wasn't the same as like, you know, 
as like a boyfriend. It was like I needed to like completely take the role of her father, like in terms of, you know, even paying for the school, paying for the rent and. Uh, oh, so know, she went from dad from her dad to you in terms of bill payment, right? Yes, but I didn't I didn't go down that road. I said, absolutely not. No, I'm not doing it. I said, I'm not your dad. Uh, you're not my financial responsibility yet. We're not married. Okay. We don't have a kid. So no, not yet. I, and I, I'm sorry. Did she have a job? Oh, no. No, no way. No. So did, wait. So did, did her dad say to her, now you've got a boyfriend that you're living with, he should pay your bills? He must have. He must have, for sure. Hey, look, he grew a spine. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sure it was equal parts him and equal parts her. And, you know, and, and so that, that was going really bad. We were, we were kind of like fighting a little bit. You know, it's like I'd go to work for 10, 12 hours. I'd come home and the fucking apartment's a goddamn mess. The dogs fucking haven't been let out for a walk. And. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing, you know? And and then I get wait, uh, but you you wouldn't actually swear at her, right? Or would you? I don't think I was swearing at at that time. No, I don't think I was. I think because even my arguments, I I tend to, I try not to say things out of anger because I always wind up regretting. So what I'll usually do is say, hey, I need some time to go you know, process my emotions yeah, cool down or whatever, right? and figure out and I'll come back when I have a better idea. So I'm pretty cool headed in that regard, although it's not perfect, but I, I do try my best. Um, okay. So, sorry, let me just, so let me just sort of try and understand the mechanics here. So if her dad stopped paying for her school and you weren't paying for her school, how was she paying for school? Well, he didn't stop, but he, they wanted me to start doing it. And, you know, like the conversations were like, well, you're living together. That's what you should be doing. And I was like, well, you know, we're not living in rural Tennessee. Like, yeah, that might happen there, but it's not happening here. Like, no, I'm not taking on that financial responsibility yet. And I said it to her and I know she said that to her father for sure. And I mean, how much money were we talking here? Yeah. Like 20 grand, 30 grand, 10 grand. Oh, I don't know how much her school costs. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, our apartment was like, was it like 4K a month? So that alone, oh, you know. Huh? Was, yeah. was she contributing anything to that rent? Oh, yeah. Well, her dad was. Yes, absolutely. So from paying for his wife's lover, he's now paying for his daughter's lover. <laughs> There's another one of those brilliant... Connect the dot moments, yes. <laughs> All right, so she's getting mad about what? That you have expectations, that you want her to keep the place clean? Did she cook? Did she? Yeah. I mean, obviously, she was working less at her school than you were at your job, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was doing 13 hours a day some days, like easy, you know? Okay, so, and so you have expectations, and she's like, I'm not going to be a housewife. I'm not going to run your household. Like, is it that kind of stuff? Yeah. It just seemed like she had, she wanted to be like Kim Kardashian or something. And I was like, <laughs> Hell, I want to be Kim Kardashian. All right. <laughs> like, no, it, that that's not how it works. Um, and then, uh, 
you know, I, I was out doing my thing at work one day and I, I, I got a, a little phone call that said, um, I think I'm pregnant. And I, 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 the same feeling I had with the psycho woman we were talking about, I, I had with this woman, like I, and this was before the psycho woman, but I, I literally just, I, 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 I felt sick to my stomach and I said, there's no, my, my first thought was abortion and I, and I'm vehemently against it. Like, I don't believe in it at all. I, okay, I hang it. on. Sorry. I, I want to get to the abortion stuff. I just I don't want to forget this particular moment, right? So, do yeah. you believe that the pregnancy was accidental? No. Okay. So, what what do you think happened? What was going on that she decided to take this this approach? What do you mean what do I think was going on? Well, if the pregnancy was not accidental, in other words, if she, oopsie, forgot to take a pill or or something even more overt or whatever. So if the pregnancy was not accidental, then she made the choice to get pregnant. And why did she make that choice? <sighs> to keep me. 100%. Well, you weren't leaving her at this point, were you? You just weren't uh, paying for her. It, it was pretty obvious I was on the way out. Oh, like, okay. So because you, you just said you'd had some conflicts or whatever. But so the, the, the relationship yeah. was on its last legs. It was. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I I didn't take my normal precautions either. Uh, maybe out of. Dude, you are like, yeah, you sleepwalked into this one, right? Yeah, I don't know if I sleepwalked or sleep fucked or sleep sex. No, no. But it. I mean, look, I mean, but yeah, if a relationship is winding down, that is a particular risk factor for oopsie pregnancy, right? Yes. Or did you just like spend all your time studying how to get in women's pants, not what, what might happen after you in there, right? <laughs> no, you're right. I understand. Right. Uh -huh. Okay. So yeah. the relationship is winding down and she's uh, oh, yeah. panicking a little, right? Like, and, uh -huh. and so she gets pregnant and then what happens? Sorry, she, you, you think abortion, though, you're against it. Obviously, you didn't have it. And how did it play from there? Yeah. Um, well... I don't remember the exact course of events, but there were there were a few, and I, we found ourselves flying out to see her family after we told them the news because, you know, they wanted to see us, they wanted to see her, see if everything was all right. You know, um, I think they were all very worried and disappointed. Um, oh, it's horrible! I mean, you've got a relationship that's breaking up, and you got a baby. I mean, that's just about the worst situation around, right? Yeah, and you got a guy who's not financially taken care of, you know, the the, the baby mama either. Um, and you're not married. And we're not married. So These she has all... no legal rights, really, because you hadn't even lived together for common law, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. So, you know, we came home and, you know, we tried so to... So the, the, the dad was wrong to look at you with respect? Yeah. Right. Yeah, sure. And you, you were wrong to look at him with respect. And he was wrong to because you gave me this man the moment. And I just want to deconstruct it a little bit. Right. Because you knocked I, up his daughter and you won't pay. Right. Well, that changed after she was pregnant. Then, you know, my responsibilities, you know, I I took on for sure. Right. Okay. Was there any chance that you were going to try and make a go of things? 
Yes. 1000 fucking percent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was not, I was not giving up. I'm like, all right, if we're having this baby, then we're going to fucking do it. We're going to learn to figure each other out. We're going to learn to be a team. Like I, I went all in. Like I was like, all right, well, you know, cause the thing is I was still very attracted to her. I was still, well, I still, no, but that's just lust, right? Not her personality, no, right? No, I, I was going to say no, because I still enjoyed a lot of conversations we had. I still enjoyed just her presence and walking around like together, like going out shopping. Like, no, no, what- I mean, I don't mean all the, come on, that's all bullshit stuff. I mean, like sitting face to face across a table and having a real conversation. Yeah, we, we did that. that. That was fun. That was good. That was good. I still enjoyed that when it did happen. So I did want to give it a go. Um, as, as best as I could. And I did, you know, I remember trying as hard as I could. Um, what do you, you mean? Know, like th- you guys went to couples therapy and stuff? I, we didn't do couples therapy. I forget the name of it, but I, I called somebody. It, it's about, it, it's about how to communicate. Um, there, there's a, I forget the name of the method. It doesn't matter. But, okay. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't usually matter. But so, I, okay. But you didn't, I, did you think I, of couples I, I, therapy? underappreciated and taken advantage of yes yeah but i mean if she has the baby like so and the reason i'm saying is that if she if she didn't have the baby you'd have broken up with her and you wouldn't have any of these bills she has the baby and you've got to pay all these bills right so you're kind of getting used for money through the baby in a way right yes absolutely yes and you know why that came about this is karma right okay go ahead enlighten me well you used women for sex a woman uses you for money Okay, that makes sense. Right, and that's why you weren't able to see the danger, right? Because you weren't, you still, that's why I was probing this earlier, right? So you're still a little bit blind as to some of the damage you did to women uh, in terms of, you know, you slept with 300 women or whatever, right? I mean, that's not good. That's not healthy for the women. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for society as a whole, right? Because it's not, it doesn't promote pair bonding and the good stable families that are the basis of our civilization, all that sort of shit, right? I'm, I'm not saying you're bringing down Western civilization single-handedly. I'm just saying, well, actually, if you had been single-handed, it might not have happened. But if uh, it's not it's not great. And listen, I mean, we've we've all done it, right? And men of reasonable levels of attraction. We I'm, I'm not saying 300, right? But, but you know, we've all uh, been guilty of this. And it's just something we have to recognize in ourselves. And we're trained badly. And we don't have God and we don't have morals and we don't have... Uh, any of that stuff. So, you know, we, we are all being pushed to this, our selected direction. But sure. the price of you using women for sex is that you open your, and, and not processing it, is that you open yourself up to being used for money. Because you sure. can't recognize the pattern because you're kind of denying it in yourself. If that makes sense? It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. It does. Yes. Everything mm-hmm. we everything we take, we pay for. In one, and for, for better or for worse, right? And, and you, you took a lot of you took a lot of sensual pleasure, and I did. and and everything we take, everything we want, everything we take, we we pay for one way or another. I know, I know. It's, that's karma. Yeah, Absolutely. and and this is the price, right? The price of of using women for sex is being naive to being used for money, right? Because it sounds right. to me that's kind of the way. Like she's like, oh my god, my dad's not paying my bills, my boyfriend's not paying my bills. I want my bills to be paid. The best way to do it is to have a baby, right? Yeah. I mean, it was almost like an obsession to get sure. me to pay. Bills. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I remember being like, I, I, what are you guys so fucking crazy about? Like, why is this so important to your dad and to you? Like, I've never seen anything like this. I like, 
maybe dating's different where where you grew up. The water tastes different, but I, this is just it was crazy. No, but um, but she was like a I don't just mean the age difference, but she's like a child. In, insofar as she she didn't, you know, I've got to pay my own way. I've got to be an adult. I've got to be mature. Uh, you know, she's just like, oh, I've got to get someone to pay for me. That's what ch that's what children think, right? Children go to a candy store. They don't have their own money. What do they do? So I got to get someone to buy me candy, right? I I, yeah. I, I can't get, I don't have my own money. I can't get my own money. I'm a child. I got to get someone to pay for me. That's the same thing your mom was doing, right? I'll sleep with this guy. I don't even like him because I got to get someone to pay for me. Yeah. And what do I have to bring right. to the table? Am I a great artist? Can I earn money that way? No. Am I a great writer? Can I make money that way? No. Am I a great uh, business person? Can I make money that way? No. But I could do a blowjob. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And this is what I mean, like both your mom and, you know, there's, there's a, and you know this, I mean, because you're an entrepreneur, you make your own money, you work hard, you know how difficult it is, how challenging it is. And this cradle, cradle robbing aspect, and it does not, it's not fundamentally an age thing because I would imagine your mom is still the same way, right? Because then, you know, the women will run to a boyfriend to pay for things and then they'll have a husband to pay for things. And if that doesn't work out, they'll go to alimony to pay for things. And if that doesn't work out, they'll go to welfare to pay things. And then if they've never made any money their whole damn life, they'll go to the Social Security old age pension benefit to pay for things. And they never have to grow up. They never have to grow up and actually earn their own way. And so being drawn to these attractive hot women and so on. Well, of course, I mean, many men are constantly showering resources at women. And I look, I, I don't mind doing that. I mean, I think it's perfectly fine, but not for sex, not for sex, only, only for running a household and raising children. That's the job that women should get paid for, but not for sex. Not for a companionship. And I mean, that's that's cheapening the whole thing, right? That the, the transfer of resources is for the productive and effective raising of children. And the transfer of your resources was not for that because she couldn't even clean the fucking dog's pee-pee, <laughs> whatever that thing was, right? Like, I mean, so she's not doing a good job of running your household and raising your children. No, definitely not. And that was very evident with the fact that she was constantly looking for other, looking for a man to pay your bills when you're not providing him. I mean, this is why there's marriage, right? You, you're married, you have that commitment, you start having kids, and that way the man's happy to pay because the woman is providing an essential service, right? The having of children, the raising of children, it makes all our life worthwhile. It's why we're all alive. But, oh, yeah. Right, so, but if you're paying for the woman, and I know you were avoiding that, right? But her dad was, was paying for her and all that. If, if the woman is not, earning her own money, earning her own bills. I mean, have you ever dated someone like you who works hard and has made a lot of money? I have a, a few women, yes, I have. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a different mindset, right? Rather than It's completely different. How how can I get how can I get money from men, which is how can I get money from the authority figures in my life is is a child's perspective. Who can I manipulate? Who can I And of course, 
children, what do they do? They they whine, they complain, they make everyone's life difficult and, until they get what they want, right? And women will start off with the sex, but they will very quickly change to the whining and complaining and nagging to go from the positive reinforcement to the negative reinforcement from the the uh, the carrot to the stick, right? To just get what they want, yeah. and uh, you, you're not really dealing with what I would consider a functional adult. It's it's uh, a toddler sort of mentality. I 100 percent agree. All right, absolutely. Okay, so, so uh, she's screaming at the dogs. You have this big yeah, blow up, and, and what happens then? Yeah, so you know, and and this was just becoming a daily occurrence, and um, so what happens is um, I go. Oh, to you mean work. the sort of daily big fights kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. And what happens is I, I go to work one day and, um, you know, everything's cool. And, you know, we talk on the phone a few times and everything's fun and great. And, uh, you know, she's like, what time are you going to be home? I tell her. And so, you know, work is done and I, you know, oh, she's gone. Yeah. Oh, well, she's gone. Oh, she's good. Man. Yeah, well, she knows how to slip out and camouflage. Anyway, go on. Well, I walked in and what was interesting, I was like, she finally fucking cleaned. Like, that's the first <laughs> Oh, man. Moment. I said, she cleaned. And I was like, wow, she moves stuff around. This is this looks great. And then I, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, there's no there's no way. And like, you know, I went through the house and I was like, she's gone. And like, you know, her family drove like 700 miles, like, you know, in, in the middle of the night or whatever it is to come, you know, take her and my kid away from me without anybody talking to me, without anybody, without any, any, anything. And, you know, I, I called her dad when I realized what was going on and he answered the phone and all they said was like, how fucking dare you? How dare you come into my house, our house, and take away my baby, our baby, and all of our stuff without even having the decency to have a conversation with me? Like, I was fucking disgusted. Disgusted. You know, and I called my family, and everybody came to where I was. And well, know, wait, no, what? What did? Uh, did you talk to her dad, or just leave yeah, a message? I spoke, I spoke to him. And, and what I, did he say? I just remember him saying, "Well, if you want to come out and talk, and if you need to to see your daughter, then you know you could come to where we are." And that was really the extent of the conversation. Hmm. That was it. And, um, you know, my, my family came running in and, you know, they were all talking to her all the time before this. And they said, well, yeah, you guys were fighting, but we didn't think anything like this. And this is crazy. And this is kidnapping. And, you know, who does this? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's not like I was a threat. It's not like I was, I was verbally abusive or physically abusive. Like, this is just like, I like this is how you treat a monster. Like I'm not a monster, like nothing even close to that. Um, and you know, that was pretty devastating and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether I should chase or whether I should just play cool. I mean, it was, 
I was like, but you have my daughter and you know, now she's going to be 700 miles away from me. Like I'm just getting to know this girl. Like she's only like six months old. Was there any physical violence in the relationship? No, zero, never, nothing even close. Like I said, do you know if she communicated anything like that to her family? In later years, the impression I got is they thought she was in danger. And in later years, I have gotten some very serious apologies about that, saying we were wrong and we should have spoken to you and we don't know what we were doing. Like, you know, they've they've tried to apologize for that to me many times. Okay, now, and this is totally my fault, so I apologize for this, but we have to hit the gas here to make sure we get to the daughter because it's been a couple hours. And and totally my fault, and and nothing to do with you. I I appreciate all that information. I think it's very important. So um, I guess this was 13 years ago, and and I hate to give you, to ask for the truncated version of what went down with the mom, but if you could give me that, I'd appreciate it. Oh, wow. So, you know, know, my daughter has essentially been, you know, mentally abused and i think i think physically um so you know she remarried a a person that has just been an absolute nightmare towards my daughter in in every single way um you know he he's pulled her hair yanked her by the arms locked her in the rooms uh, grabbed her by the neck once or twice, talks horribly about me. Um, he's a little abusive towards her mother. Um, I don't think physically towards the mother, although I know it's become very close a few times, like he's thrown things at her and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I th- what had happened was, I think the, the first time I, I realized something was was going on that was pretty bad was when my daughter showed up at my so we had like an almost 50 50 uh parenting schedule okay um she was with her mother slightly more than me but you know but this is 700 mile thing right how was that navigated yeah okay so what happened was i grabbed the house okay so i'm skipping far ahead because you told me to um so to fill in that gap i wound up grabbing another house out back home and what i did is i started to commute back and forth a few times a month to come out and and see my daughter and to also try to get the relationship to work okay so we did that for a while. We wound up getting married. Okay. Um, that went horribly bad, very fast. Okay. I wound up filing for a divorce. I'm six sorry. Months after I'm we- so sorry. I, I just completely gapped out on who you got married to. Yeah. So, yeah, because you asked me to speed things up. Yeah, so, no, and I just, sorry, fill in one gap if you could. Yeah. So, so essentially what happened, you know, she, she, got rescued by her family right they brought her back to where they're from i i grabbed the house out in that part of of america oh you married the mom of your daughter your girlfriend 
Yes. Okay, yes. sorry, sorry. I, I'm with you now. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And then I was commuting back and forth a few times a month because my business was in one place and they were in another place. So that was just my life for a while. Okay. So we, we did get married. Um, that just went horribly bad pretty fast. I filed for a divorce after about six months later for the exact same reasons, you know, that we, we just weren't getting along. Okay? Well, hang on. Was she any better at running the house or being a mom or? No, no. And how no. long did the marriage last? Six months. And But then, of course, you have uh, legal responsibilities now, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Legal All responsibilities right. to, my, to my daughter. I mean, you know, I didn't have to pay any alimony or anything like that. So I had child support, but that was it. That was the extent of my, my legal responsibilities. Okay. So uh, I guess to, to help speed things, you know, along, I was doing the commute for a few years. Um, she was living alone for, you know, maybe about a year or so. Um, got involved with some guy, wound up marrying him. Actually, he wound up moving in after about one or two months into the relationship. Um, they wound up getting married very soon after. Okay. Um, one of the first, I guess, signals to me, you know, my, my daughter still wasn't talking perfectly at that time. You know, she's probably about like three, three and a half. Um, huh. I think one of the, you know, I mean, she was talking, but, you know, n nothing like, like the way we are is what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, she started telling me things that like, you know, things that he would say to her and she would sort of tell me about that and, and ask me and I would just say, well, you know, that doesn't, that's not the way I would, I would say things or, you know, I, I don't yell at you and, you know, do, do I do things like this to you? And, you know, and I, I was listening, but it, it's very difficult because you can't really do much. So I, I would, email her mother and just say, Hey, you know, like, this is what our, what our daughter's telling me, like, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, and the, the responses I would get is, you know, Oh, nothing. It's none of your business. And, you know, he would never be mean to, to your daughter. And, you know, that's a lie and she's exaggerating and, and just things like that. Okay, and, and um, I guess was he making decent coin? Was that the pattern? Was he? Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think decent enough, but nothing like. I don't think he was making as much as I do, but no, I, I don't think no. I, I don't know, but I don't think so. Um, okay, but what started happening was my daughter started becoming. She went from being, from what I could tell, was like a very, you know, happy, outgoing person, like extremely outgoing and, and happy, to very angry, very secluded, very shy. And I knew that was a, a result of, of what was happening in that house because it doesn't happen with me. Right. It wasn't happening when she was spending with me. It was, you know, I'd get her back. 
from her mom and I would notice like things are off again and again and again and again. And, you know, no matter how much I tried to communicate with her mom, I just either wouldn't get emails back or she'd tell me I'm I'm making things up and I just want to make her look bad for the courts and all this crap like that because we went through a horrible divorce. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and then one day I get my daughter and, you know, from her mother, and, you know, we're sitting down watching some TV and I'm like, hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So we're watching TV and I'm like, what the hell is going on with my daughter's eyes? And I'm like, this is crazy. Like she's having these like twitches and her eyes are doing these weird beady motions. And I'm like, I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. Like I remember that's exactly the words that came out in my in my head you know not to my daughter but in my head like you're fucking kidding me she's got my daughter on goddamn drugs uh-huh. i knew it i knew it in that moment because like i said i i could see her attitude changing okay she was telling me all these things and like i remember saying something to her mom through an email about that and said i want to know exactly what's going on with our daughter what type of medication is she on? Okay. I didn't receive any response, nothing. Okay. I had to use my lawyers to get a response to find out that here she is at three and a half or four diagnosed with like ADD. And I'm like, this is, this is insane. Like there, there's nothing wrong. Like this is crazy. So this was like a, a huge, a huge thing for me because I, I am vehemently against, you know, psychotropic drugs unless, you know, you desperately need them. And I don't think any three or four year old desperately needs them at, at that age. Like, there's just no way. So. So I try to fight this thing in court and they're like, well, she was diagnosed. So there's really nothing I could do. OK, so. And this this medication thing plays into something pretty important. Okay, so when she's with me, I don't give it to her. Okay, so she'd be with me five days, sometimes ten days, some days five days. So I wouldn't give her this stuff, and you know, her twitching or whatever would get better. Then she'd go home to mom and come back to me the same way. And this went on for about like a year or or so. Okay, then what happens is. I get a, and I don't remember if it was a text mail, text message or an email, but I got one of those things from, from the ex-wife saying that I am bringing our daughter to your house. She is not allowed to live in our house anymore. She purposely put the lives of my other children in danger. And we think she tried to kill one of our our kids so you know i get this message and i'm like all right this is this is the most fucking crazy thing i've ever heard how old was your daughter at this point i think this is probably when she's like six maybe seven now six or seven i'm thinking um 
so you know when when i do get her i hear the full story and the story is this okay my daughter was getting made fun of in uh either kindergarten or preschool about the twitching of the eyes okay and she knew that it was the the pills that were making her do it okay and what she did is rather than take them when her mother was making her take them she would pretend to swallow it and then hide it okay and i guess something happened where one of these pills wound up in an area where the other babies crawl and walk back and forth and they found one of the pills there and basically said that you know my daughter purposely left it out for them to 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 eat or to kill themselves or to kill them and you know my thought is oh you put my daughter on these meds you make her take it but now she's trying to kill your kids because like with the same pill that you're feeding my daughter like this doesn't fucking make sense like this is this is absolutely crazy town so so she comes and lives with me for about six seven months i i take her mother to court because i want full custody because you know she kicked her out of there's been some potential abuse issues we get a guardian at Leiden, um who comes into the case to assess his situation okay he doesn't really take the word of a of a seven-year-old i guess at that time so he kind of says well I think it's in the kid's best interest to spend 50-50 uh, with parents, not really one more than the other. And I want a, a new psychological evaluation and, and all of this stuff. So I was like, all right, well, let's do it. And um, so we get this new psych exam, okay, from a totally independent person who literally finds nothing wrong with my daughter. He's like, and when I spoke to him, he just said, he, he looked at me, he said, there's literally like i can't detect anything wrong any any little bit of adhd or any other developmental issue in your daughter he's like i i really don't understand who whoever would have put her on the medication or recommend it and i was like well thank you okay so she came off the medication from a legal standpoint okay um then there was always issues in the house, always fighting. Every time I was with my daughter, it was just nonstop. My mom, this, you know, they were fighting. And here's what he said. And he said this about you, dad. And this time, you know, they wouldn't let me call you. I kept asking to call you to say goodnight. And they kept saying no. And then I'd hear them laugh about it. And, you know, it was always an issue. Um, and then what happened was, I guess, her and her husband have just the worst relationship ever like i think it's extremely toxic between them two and um i get a text message again saying are you going to be home and i say yeah and this is a couple of years later and i say yeah and she goes okay well i'm bringing her to your house and um you know i want her to live with you from now on and i'm like okay so she brings her to my house and then I start talking to her. I say, listen, this is twice now. You're kicking her out of the house. 
Okay. I'm like, to be honest with you, I've gotten very used to a lifestyle without my daughter. Okay. I have to make some very strong changes to accommodate full time, both with work and, and, and personal. I said, I need child support. If you're kicking her out again and she's going to live with me, I need child support because the first time she didn't give me a dime. So they said, yeah, that's fine. We agreed to amount. Cool. Okay, that lasted for not very long. Okay, I, I think they just didn't want to pay the child support. Then eventually said, okay, well, we'll start taking her back. And they took her back. And now just again, okay, so so here's what happens. Here's like the, the big blow off top. So in our parenting agreement, it specifically says that our daughter is allowed to call either of us at any time she wants and cannot be refused. No matter how many times she wants, she is allowed to have access to either parent whenever she wants through the phones. For years, I have been fighting and struggling for this provision to be, you know, adhered to. Because what will happen is most times my daughter's with their mom for like five days and I don't hear from her from five days, nothing. Okay. But yet when she's at my house, she has unrestricted access to her mother. She can call as much as she wants. She can text her mother whenever she wants. She could FaceTime with her mom. Like, I don't care. So this has always been a big point of contention between us. So what had happened was a, a couple of weeks ago, I say to her, actually, she said to me over a text message saying, you know, can, you know, can she bring her phone to my house, you know, and this way she has something to use while she's at my house. And I said to her, I said, well, you know, I'm not opposed to letting her take, you know, her iPhone to your house, but you use the phone as punishment. And the only reason why I'd be letting her take the phone to your house is so she can keep calling me. So she can call me to say goodnight or call me during the afternoon if she needs someone to talk to. I said, but you know, you're going to use that as punishment. So I don't feel comfortable sending that phone there. I said, but here's what I will do. I, I will buy a flip phone. Okay something that only makes phone calls, something with no internet, and I will send it to your house. This way, she has something that will never be used for punishment purposes, a phone that she could always call you from and always call me from. And she says, okay, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. I said, all right, awesome. So a week goes by, I buy the phone, I shoot her a text. I say, hey, listen, I got the flip phone. Um, would it be cool if I dropped it off at the house tonight? Um, I have a little bit of free time. She goes, no, I'll send her out to the car to come get it. I said, okay, great. So I get to the house. She comes running out. I say, hey, get in the car. Let me let me show you how this phone works because it's, it's a flip phone. It's very different than, than an iPhone, right? They're actually pretty confusing. But... Um, so as soon as my daughter gets in the car, she says to me, um, I'm not allowed to call you. And I said to her, 
I was like, well, what do you mean? You're not allowed to call me. And she goes, yeah, mom said, I'm, I'm punished. I'm not allowed to have the phone. And I said, this is crazy. I was like, I literally just texted your mom. It says that this phone is not to be used for punishment. It's for, so you could call either of us 100% of the time, whatever you want. And she goes, yeah, she's not letting me use it. And I'm like, I'm like, are you serious right now? And she's like, yeah, I'm punished. I gave her an attitude. So I say, I'm going to call your mom and maybe try to work this out. So I call her and she picks up the phone and I was like, Hey, you know, we have to cut that out by the way. Um, I say, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Okay. I say, so, you know, she tells me that, that she's being punished and she's not allowed to call me. And she goes, yeah, that's right. And I said, uh, I was like, then why did I bring this phone here? And she goes, I was wondering the same thing. And I said, I literally just texted you like yesterday saying this phone is not to be used for punishment and it's something she could bring back and forth. And you said that was a good idea. And she goes, stop telling me how to run my house. And you're always trying to make up rules. Now, the husband comes running up to my side of the car, out of the house, like psychotic, screaming, yelling, you fucking pussy, you motherfucker, you're going to talk to my fucking wife like that. Meanwhile, I'm talking to her the way I have the last 13 years, like with utter respect for my daughter, like never call her name, never. And he's yelling at me, get out of the car. I'm going to kick your ass, you pussy. You think you're so tough, huh? Huh? You think you're tough? Get out of the car. And my daughter's screaming, crying. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, I roll down my window and I'm just like, I'm like, why are you trying to fight me? He's like, yeah, yeah, come on, tough guy. Get the fuck out of the car. Get out of the car. And I'm like, I'm not getting out of the car. I'm, I'm not going to fight you. And I say to my daughter, I say, you know what? Here's the phone. Just go in the house. He goes, that fucking phone ain't coming in my house. That phone ain't coming in my fucking house. So he starts running back to the house. And my daughter says to me, dad, he's got a gun by the door. He's going to get a gun. And I'm like, all right, I don't know if there's a gun by the door. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But he's definitely running back to the house. He's definitely mad. I'm not going to stick around and, and, and see what happens. Okay. So as I'm getting ready to start the car back up, her mother comes running out of the house to the side of the door. My daughter is starts trying to freaking pull her pretty much out of the window of my car. He comes back around to my side of the car, trying to open my door. Right. And I'm like rolling up the windows and like, you know, trying to back up in the driveway. As I'm backing up in the driveway, the police show up and I'm like, well, how convenient. Right. Like I didn't call them. So like, what the hell is going on here? So the police show up and my daughter is literally, I mean, screaming at the top of her lungs at, at them, at her mother and, and her, I guess, stepfather, whatever you want to call him. And being like, 
you told my dad you were going to beat him up. You were threatening him. I was scared. We thought you were going to get a gun and you were telling him you were going to kick his ass. And she's like, I don't feel safe in this house. I don't want to be in this house. Please don't make me go back in the house. Like it was pretty, pretty dramatic. And like, you know, I was sitting in my car in the street because they made me pull out to the street and I was listening to everything that was being said. And so the cops come up to me and they ask me my side of the story. And, you know, they kind of seem like they're on my side from what they're saying and from what, you know, obviously what my daughter was saying. So I tell them that I want to press charges. I said, because I don't feel safe. I was like, I have to come to this house to get my daughter. He was threatening me, trying to get me to come out of the car. It's like this big, crazy thing. Um, so I, I file, I file the charges against them the next morning. At like five o'clock in the morning, I'm, you know, sitting in my house, drinking some coffee. Luckily, I was up. The door opens up. It's my daughter. Okay. And she's like, you know, dad, I'm, I'm kicked out of the house again. Okay. Um, they don't want me back. They said it's permanent. Um, I'm not allowed to go back. So what had happened was she, she stayed with me that day. Later on that afternoon. We needed to go to the post office to mail out a, a couple of things that I had to, okay? And on the way to the post office, her mother and her husband are driving down my street, okay? And I was like, okay, well, this is weird. Maybe they just want, they just want her back. Okay, so I, I pull over to the side of the road. It's kind of like a stop sign. It's a little bit of a busy street. And I rolled down my window and, you know, I was like, hey, you know, you know, why are you guys down here? And they both just start yelling at me and my daughter. She starts saying, you always undermine me. You always try to go behind my back and you're you're doing this and you're doing that. And. You know, at one point, you know, and she was doing this for about 30 seconds. And then we had about four cars behind us because we're at this stop sign. And and I look over, and I say, hey, can we pull over somewhere else to finish this conversation? And he's like, you're going to sit here and listen to every word we say. And I just like drive off. I was like, I'm not going to sit here getting yelled at again. Like you're down my street. This is crazy. And then about 15 minutes later, I get a text message that says, you have 100% rights to your daughter, 100% of the time. We are terrified of you guys. Have your lawyers send the paperwork and we will sign. Both your numbers are blocked from our phones for our safety. We have a restraining order being filed against you. I am blocking your number. Okay. My daughter is off our insurance as of this morning. She is out of our public schools. You got what you wanted. And then here I am with my, my wow. daughter, which seems full time. Yeah, that's crazy town because this is never what I wanted. Like not even close. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's crazy. That's literally crazy. And so the restraining order was against you, not your daughter, right? Oh, both. Yeah, but yeah, it was against me. But there is no restraining order because you know what? When the, when the prosecutor called me about the police report, he said, "Listen, I'm not going to follow through with this." He goes, 
you know, you're saying one thing, they're saying one thing. They're like, you know, let's just drop this. And I was like, okay, that sounds fine. There is no restraining order. There is none. No, that's a bunch of bullshit. It's crazy. It's all him. Because the last time she also got kicked out of the house, I, I, I forgot to tell you this. My daughter told me that he heard him say to her mother, it's either her or me. You choose. And so, um, he, there are two other kids. Is it one or two other kids in the house? There's now three other kids. Three. Oh, okay. So they've had three kids together. All right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, my daughter is, is hurt. She's scarred by this. And, you know, I, I just want to be able to do my best to be able to ease her pain and make things easy for her and you know but also without feeding into the negative energy you know because there's a lot of there's a lot of that about her mother and about him and you know i i try my best to not let her go down that road too hard or 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 help perpetuate those feelings because i I don't think that's fair those are her feelings and i don't want to i don't want to influence them and i just find it to be a a balance that that seems to be a little challenging i mean my daughter's very she's very angry this is the third time now okay and you know like in her words is you know they lost me like, I, I don't, I can't say anything else. I don't want to go back. I don't want to, I don't want to try to explain myself. My mom doesn't listen. She just thinks of herself. She doesn't hear me. She doesn't listen to me. She doesn't respect how I feel. Everything just is blame on me, blame on me, blame on me. Um, you know, and I'm not saying I'm the perfect parent because I'm not, but, you know, there's, I don't know. Like, I think this is why I'm really calling is because I, I, and I'm glad we talked about everything, but you know, my daughter's well-being and emotional stability is, is what's most important to me right now. Like helping her get through this. As best I can. Right. And how do you think I can best help? Well, you know, I, I just hear, I hear your relationship with your daughter and how she's able to freely express things in a way that, you know, I think other kids can't with their parents. Like, you know, I've, I've listened to some of the interactions you and your daughter have and I think it's really beautiful and it's really uplifting and it it, it paints a, a positive picture in your daughter's mind about what healthy relationships would, would look like or should look like and you know I, I want to give that to my daughter like um, you know I don't think she has a good reference point right now you know I'm single I I, I made some very conscious decisions not to you know date as much 
um, or, or bring women around her ever, unless it was going to be somebody very serious or something that I thought was going to manifest into something more. So I don't think she's been able to see me necessarily interact with women um, to get a baseline of, you know, what a healthy relationship might be like. And she definitely doesn't have it in her house now. So I'm just kind of like trying to figure out what to do or what the right steps would be. Like... And I value what you say and your opinions. Right. No, I mean, I, I appreciate that. And, and that's that's good to hear. But in terms of what specifically we should focus on in the remainder of the call, is there anything urgent or practical uh, that's going on? I mean, are you are you on the road to full custody? Do you have full custody? I mean, is that is that I, a done deal? I, yeah, it, it, it will be. I mean, yeah, I already have my lawyers working on a, a new parenting plan, and I, I have very little doubt that she'll sign it. And if she doesn't sign it, then I'll take her to court and I'll get it anyway, because this is, you know, you can't kick a, you know, a daughter out of your house at these ages three times and expect to just keep being allowed to have her back. Like, that's just not the way the courts work. So, what? um how much do you think you spent on lawyers since the divorce? Since the divorce, maybe. Well, including 40, the divorce, I suppose. Yeah, 40, 50 grand, maybe. It's a lot of money. It is, in fact. It is, in fact, a lot of money, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so you've got your daughter, it seems. She's 13, right? Yes. And. How much have you heard about what her life was like with your ex? I've heard everything. Like, so what do you mean? Like, what her life is like, like, with with her mother? I've heard everything. Every story. Well, what about the, I mean, the stepdad? So, as far as how he treats her? Yeah, yeah. He treats her horribly. Like, disgusting. He's very verbally abusive. He's very mean, condescending. He doesn't listen. He's also on a bunch of uh, medications. Is that getting too loud? No, no, don't worry about it. Just keep going. Yeah. Um, you know, he's on a lot of medications. Um, there's constant fighting in the house. I don't think there's... From the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like there is there's many peaceful moments. Like so my daughter said to me once, she goes, you know, I feel bad for my mom. And I was like, Well, why? She goes, Because every time I look at her, she just looks sad. Like whenever I see her in the house, she just looks sad. So I know the house is is very unstable. Right. Okay. Okay. Do you know what uh, what brought them together? This this new husband of hers. I really don't know. I, I I don't have that answer. We didn't we didn't we didn't talk about that with each other. 
I, I have no idea. Okay, well, I mean, the, if you just look at it at a sort of very primitive level, the the um, the ex, like the new husband, has managed to get the kid of the previous guy out of the house, right? Like from from a sort of resource standpoint, that's what you'd want to do, right? Because you don't want to invest resources into another man's kid, right? Sure. I mean, we're talking at the level of lions and primates and and stuff like that, right? Absolutely. Yep, we are. Right. And okay. I agree. Yeah, and so I'm go very ahead. aware of that, that like, you know, get rid of my kid and, you know, he could have her concentrate on, on his. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, there's together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's achieved that. And you said that this has all hurt your daughter. Now, do you mean it hurts her that she feels rejected by her mother or it hurts her that she was in the situation to begin with? I think the rejection of her mother is, is the main thing. She feels very betrayed very hurt um and very alone like she has me but you know she doesn't she doesn't really have anybody else i mean she has a couple friends but you know like my family they don't live nearby but they'll call once in a while but you know everyone on her side like you know the great grandfather that we had so much respect for you know he he's not in her life you know, he, he took her away from me and tried to keep me away from her. But yet, you know, where is he now? Like, he's not in her life at all. Like her great grandparents, they're not really in her life. So, OK, I feel OK. Like so we got to I mean, I appreciate what you're telling me, but we've got to sort of stop focusing on the negatives and see what we can drag out that, that's yeah, positive. OK, so, so I'm going to go with the assumption that you get full custody and that her contact with her mom is not going to be a lot. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, that is extremely fair to say, yes. Okay. So what is the what are the, the, the three biggest mistakes in your life that you would really want your daughter not to reproduce? Wow. Um, the three biggest mistakes? I'd have to figure out what mistakes um, choosing the wrong person to have a child with. Right. Definitely. Um, well, to be fair, you didn't exactly choose to have a child, right? Other than through blindness. Um, well, subconsciously, I chose to have this child. I mean, you can't I did. No, no, you can't choose subconsciously. You can only choose to avoid self-knowledge. And then the unconscious becomes destiny. But you did not. Now, listen, the fact that she's in your life. Right. I mean, these, these are things that that you don't have to tell her, obviously, now. Oh, by the way, I never even chose you. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not suggesting anything like that. I'm just in terms of like scolding self-knowledge stuff, because this is where if you if you can prevent her from making the same mistakes that you've made, then you've succeeded as a parent. OK, but for the first thing you've got to do is map what you don't want her to end up with so that you can begin to figure out how to get her to avoid that stuff. Right? Okay, so that makes so yes. you want to, to, to learn how to judge people by the content of their character rather than the size of their tits is job one, right? Yes. And, and because... I assume you're a bit of a himbo, right? A good-looking guy and, you know, all of that. You kept your hair, right? So so you've had a chance to to be the player and, and to 
you've had a, a sort of material, pretty shallow existence. And, and this is hell, right? I mean, this is kind of hell, right? It starts off like the devil, right? It starts off with all this promise, all this beauty. I got this hot 21-year-old. She's smoking. And, you know, and this is where it ends up, right? Which is your child's exactly. eyelids twitching and guys maybe pulling guns on you in the fucking car, right? Right. So this, you're in a story arc as old as humanity, which is, hey, what if I just go for the shallow stuff? Hey, what if I don't look for virtue? Hey, what if I, you know, she looks really great on my arm and, and she's really great in bed and she's really pretty and, right? Like, what if I just don't judge any morals? What if I, if I act like an animal, right? You know, like the size of the peacock's feathers. And listen, I'm not, I'm not speaking from any situation of great wisdom or knowledge here, right? Because we all tempted to do this and, and we've all done it at one time or another, right? So I'm not oh, judging. I'm yeah. not like trying to put you down or lecturing you from some lofty standard. Like I'm, I'm down here in the simian muck with you, my friend, <laughs> just so you know that. I mean, I don't want you to feel like I'm lecturing. And, but you know, no, this, is, this is the deal, right? And, and this is what's pumped into us, right? I mean, do, do you know what it takes? Do you know what it takes for human beings to stop being shallow it takes an eternity of hellfire you know like if you do this shit you're going to hell forever and then maybe 10 percent of people will stop doing this shit but that may be enough to keep a civilization going i don't know right so we are so mired in looks in appearance in shallowness in mammal stuff right mating displays and and all of that vanity and and insecurity was so mired in that stuff that the devil gives us exactly what we want and then we pay for it, right? And you had, as modeled to you, a a transactional relationship. So a transactional relationship, I mean, obviously, it's uh, you go to the store, you, you want a packet of chips, uh, you go and you give two bucks, you get your packet of chips, and that's your transactional relationship, right? Right. Now, transactional relationships in romantic terms are, okay, what are you bringing to the table? Well, you're bringing to the table some looks and some money. And what's she bringing to the table? Youth and physical beauty, right? That's, that's a transactional relationship. And that's really what is being, uh, is being judged. Now, transactional relationships are totally fine. If what you want is a package of chips and you would rather have the chips than the two bucks, you go into the store and you, you give your money, right? That's fine. How, and, and then you try transactional relationships with um, your, not to put it too bluntly, your man whore face, right? It's sort of three to five years that you were talking about with a couple of hundred women that you slept with, where you just tried a transactional relationship. I don't care about your childhood. I don't qu care about the quality of your personality. I don't care about your virtues. I, don't, I just care that we can bang together like two rocks, <laughs> so to speak, right? Uh -huh. And so, so you, you do all this transactional stuff, right? And transactional stuff, again, totally fine for the economics, totally fine for whatever, right? It's not good for friendship, and it's really terrible for love. So a transactional relationship is the opposite of love because you're using each other. Now, again, using each other sounds bad. It's not bad. If the guy wants you two bucks and you want the packet of chips, you're using each other to get what you want. You don't care about each other's childhoods. You don't care about your your hopes and dreams. <laughs> you don't care about any... But, but when it comes to love, when it comes to families, when it comes to raising children, you cannot found it on a transactional relationship. It has to be founded on a relationship of morality, of virtue, of honor, of courage, of integrity, of self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. That is the only thing that can found a relationship, right? 
you don't want your daughter to choose the wrong guy because her mother chose the wrong guy. Because her mother chose a guy who was willing to choose her based upon a transaction. I have money and you have sex appeal. So it's like human slavery, haggling for people in a marketplace, right? And that's a strong way to put it, but I, I kind of want to shock you out of the complacency here, right? And the transactional relationships, if you try to raise, if you try to have romantic relationships or friendships based upon transactional relationships, they will crater, self-destruct, turn to hell, turn to ruin. In the same way that if, if you try to um, uh, fall in love you got, with the guy who, who mows your lawn or, you know, the, the woman who sells you the packet of chips or whatever, it's just not appropriate to the relationship. So, and, and you grew up with a mother who did what? She had transactional relationships. I don't even like this guy. I don't even like having sex with him, but I'll have sex with him in order to get money. You understand? That's like bald ass fucking baboon in a, baboon in a zoo transactional relationship right there. Right. And so that's what you're raised with. And that's why I was asking about probing these sort of relationships that you had. It's all transactional. Yes, I agree. So you got to break that cycle. So how do I break it? I haven't had, I haven't brought her around a relationship. She hasn't seen that on my end um, at all. So how do okay, I break what, that? what value did you bring to your mother? What value do I bring to my did mother? Did you or do you bring to your mother? When you were a kid, what value did you bring to your mother? Did she take delight in your personality? Did she take delight in your sense of humor or your abilities or your athletic abilities or your artistic abilities or your conversation? What? I don't know. What about, see, here's the thing. What about your relationship with your mother was not transactional? I don't know if we had anything that wasn't transactional. Right. So you've got to learn a whole new language. Okay. What relationships have you seen that are not transactional? Because transactional is, uh, I'll give up something, but I want to get something that I want more. Yeah, right? I'll give I'm... up the two bucks because I want the packet of chips more. Okay. And, you know, it's interesting you're going down this road because I I was thinking something similar, but I wasn't necessarily coining it as the word necessarily transactional. But I, I could see how what I was thinking is relating to you and what you're saying. And I, I don't I, I, I've tried to sort of look into things and like I try to be very careful with what I present to my daughter. Um, I try to be careful on on not influencing her how how to necessarily think and and what to actually believe. Um, I try to encourage long conversations. Um, when it when it gets to transactional, I, I I don't know if I do anything transactional with my daughter, um, but maybe I do, and I'm not aware. No, of no. Because... So hang on, hang on. I don't want to get to your daughter just yet because we still got to okay. figure out. Have you seen in your life? I mean, maybe if you sort of listen to me chatting away with my daughter or whatever, right? 
-hmm. Have you seen in your life a relationship that is not transactional? That's not people saying, well, I'll give up something, but I want something back that, that I want more. And like, there's always a little bit of manipulation in transactional relationships as a whole. And, and again, I'm not saying that's the end of the world. It's, you know, we got to, we got to get our food somehow and we trade for it and all of that. Right. But, you know, if you're, if you're hackling to buy a car or a house or you're gambling or, I mean, there's a little bit of poker face. There's a little bit of, you know, keeping your cards close to your chest and all, all of that sort of stuff. So again, I'm not saying that's a particularly bad thing, but have you seen, because, you know, in your business relationships, they're all transactional. That's totally fine. Again, it's totally fine. Yeah. You know, the, 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 you know, the, the person who, who fixes my cell phone or whatever. I mean, I, I don't care about their childhood that much, right? And there's nothing wrong with it, right? So what relationships have you seen that aren't transactional? Or is that even, I, would you even know what to look for? I, 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 I don't know if I have ever seen one that's non-transactional. The closest thing I could, uh, I'm coming to is, you know, maybe some some more spiritual people that I, I sort of listen to once in a while there seems to be a a relationship with that person and and it's it's listeners or followers that isn't necessarily transactional but um but as far as in my personal life like i i don't think so i don't i don't know if i've ever seen that and i don't know if i would know what to look for um right so do you remember Maybe what you, how do you remember how you described your early relationship with your ex with Sally? Yes. She was hot, it was easy, she was easygoing, she accepted me. See, that's all I me me I. It's good for me, good for me, I feel good, I feel good. It was fun. You used that word repeatedly. It was driving me up the fucking wall. No no offense, right? It it was um, fun. We'd said having this so much fun, everything was fun, right? Mm -hmm. So that's all it it's it's good for you, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And you never told me the characteristics that she had independent of you that you took pleasure in. In fact, in none of the relationships, did you tell me about the characteristics that you had that you found in, in the women that you admired independent of you? Independent of, like, she did something for me, she was hot, she turned me on, we oh, had sex, she was easygoing, she yeah. didn't nag, right? Yeah, I mean, there there were things, but in that moment, I didn't I didn't think to go there, so that must yeah, say and, something. I'm not saying there was nothing. I'm not, I, I'm not yeah. saying there was nothing. But the way that you frame relationships is, what is the benefit to me? So how do I, how do I frame it the other way? What do I admire? What is inspiring to me? What's going to bring out something better in me? What can I look up to? What is going to ennoble me? What is going to raise my standards? What is going to pull me out of myself? Like instead of looking at like a, a relationship, like, like you look like a toddler looking for a nipple, right? Which is, okay, I, uh, what's going to benefit me? It's, it's the kind of thing where you look at a relationship and you say, holy shit, if I get together with this person, we could start a giant charity. We could make the world a better place. We could offer this service. We could help disadvantaged children. We could contribute to our local school. We could, whatever, like something where the person is inspiring you to do better in the world rather than nice tits, good blowjob. 
which is a very, you know, I understand it. It's why we're here and there's nothing wrong with good tits and a blowjob. I'm just saying that as far as where to operate to found a relationship, it's very primitive. Whereas this person and I could be a team that would do amazing things in the world that would really inspire the people around us. That You, you see what I mean? Then it's not just all about the I, me, me, I. Yes. Mm -hmm. I see exactly what you mean. Yes. That's not transactional. So rather than what's in it for me, it is what inspires me. What do I admire? What makes me forget my own needs out of pleasure in the contemplation? Like you ever looked at a piece of art or listened to a piece of music and you completely fucking forget yourself? Yes, all the time. That's what I'm talking about. Taking pleasure in the other person's being and virtues and courage and integrity and good humor and buoyancy and whatever. What, I'm just coming up with a bunch of words here. It could be anything that's, that's positive. Where you, you just admire that person and you forget yourself. I find myself doing that with my daughter often, Lee. Good, good, good. Um, I do. Because if you had looked at yourself when you're 34 and at, your, at Sally when she's 21, you would not have looked at her and said, my God, what an amazing team we will make to bring virtue to the world. <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of funny to even think about it, right? Yes. Uh, that's why like, I like Wow, it. she's young and hot and easygoing. Yeah. Which is all about what is going to please you in the moment, right? Yes. And the shorter the appetite, the worse the outcome. Like, the more immediate the appetite, the worse the outcome. The more it satisfies you just in the moment, the worse the outcome. This is a basic life principle, right? It's like exercise, right? How many people want to get up and do a bunch of exercise? Well, not many, right? Right. And so if all you do is say, well, I don't want to exercise right now, that's a very short time horizon, right? I just, I just want to please myself right now. Sure. Okay, well, what, what happens if people don't exercise? Well, the long-term outcome is disastrous. Their bones soften, their joints weaken, their obesity grows, they can't do anything. They're, like It's a horrible life, right? You're encased in this right. giant flesh prison of wobbliness, right? You know, there are times when your job sucks. There are times when my job sucks. But we have a longer-term time horizon. We don't just sit there and say, well, my job sucks. I'm just not going to do it. And it's like, okay, I'll power through or whatever, right? Right. So if you look at the things where you succeed, you have a longer-term time horizon. Whereas if you look at things in your life that aren't working, it's that really short time horizon, which is transactional-based. Which, again, is fine if you're just going to buy a slice of pizza, right? Right. But it's not fine if you want to build a family. And we've all, like, the R selected is the short time frame, the K selected is the long time frame. And we just, you know, we all, you know, we turned on by this or want to grab that or I don't want a salad. I want a cheesecake or whatever, right? And, and we kind of got to grit our teeth and, and pull ourselves back up to the divine in a sense or to the universal or to the philosophical and away from that sort of grunting, sweating, semen splashing mammal monkey boy inside of all of us that just wants to drain his nuts and move on, right? Right. 
And your daughter has been exposed to a whole bunch of people with very short time horizons, with very transactional analysis, right? Yes. You wanted your wife. You did not admire her. She was convenient to you. She fed your vanity. She was good in bed. She looked good on your arm. She was easygoing. So you wanted her, but you didn't admire her. You wanted her body, and you wanted, in a sense, an absence of what you'd had before, which was nagging or complaining or whatever it was, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely right. And so, yeah, of course she's not going to want to take care of your house because you're not taking care of her heart. Of course she's going to have a very short, like, a short time horizon. I don't feel like doing the groceries right now. I don't feel like cleaning up the dog shit right now. Because you, as the leader in the family, have got a very short time horizon. And so she's going to have, a, like, you understand, you're two sides of the same coin in a way. She's not doing what's good for her in the long run, which would be to take care of the household and take care of the dogs and all that, right? And you're not doing what's good for you in the long run, which is to choose someone you genuinely admire rather than someone who looks good and feels good in the moment. You're both doing what feels good in the moment that leads to a bad outcome. In the same way her mother was a drug addict. What is a drug addict? Somebody who does what feels good in the moment and leads to a bad outcome. It's a very short time window. Satisfy the addiction, right? Just as your mother did with the alcohol and thus was emotionally absent from your childhood. And you never actually, you never actually knew your mother in a way because she chose the alcohol over you. And you don't know what it's like to be on the receiving end of love, of a non-transactional relationship. I mean, your mother was very explicit about it. I slept with the guy for money. That's, that's, a crushingly honest assessment, right? <laughs> yes. And and your ex-wife's husband, I mean, he's threatening you, he's screaming at you, just as she screamed at the dogs. This is all like I'm satisfying my temper in the moment. I don't care what the consequences are, right? Oh, right. I mean... You could have you know, shot him. I could have, yes. I mean, I mean if you'd he's... had a gun and he's trying to get into your car, you could, I don't know what the law is, I have no idea, but it seems to me somewhat likely that you could have shot him in self-defense. It was 100%. And I, I thought that. And, right. you know, I usually do carry, but I, I didn't. And, um, you know, it was scary. Terrifying. You know, and he tried, yeah, and he tried to apologize to my daughter that night. And my daughter was like, no, get no, away thanks, from right? Yeah, so yeah. he feels regret, and you said this earlier too that that you know you would act impulsively, you'd feel regret, and that you would if you had a bad tempo, you raised your voice or whatever, you'd feel regret. So you you take your time. So he, you've got a whole bunch of people here who just short term time preferences. Everything's transactional. Everything's what's in it for me. And if they don't like, they never grow up. If they don't get what they want, they have tantrums. There's a bunch of infants around, right? But but big, yeah. well, big, scary, possibly armed infants, right? Which is a whole different thing, right? It does It does seem that way, yes. It does. So, you make a iron rule for yourself, and you say this in the mirror in the morning when you shave, whatever, whenever you have to. I will not have people in my life that I don't genuinely admire. I will not oh, have I people in my life who I do not genuinely admire. And, and 
are inspired by. And that's why I'm not dating anyone because I've made myself that promise after the last relationship, like no more right. ever. Like the, the, the that, woman who's driving around your house 30 to 40 times. Yeah. And th the thing is, I won't even, you know, even though sex presents itself to me, I, I don't act on it anymore. I, right. I'm, I'm that, that stage of my life is completely done. Well, so. you're in monk mode because you realize that if you get, you know, you stick your dick in one more crazy, you could get a full-on bunny boiler who could kill you. Well, that true, that as well. But yeah, I mean, I I, I made a lot of mistakes and I, I want to make sure not to make the same ones that I have made, especially now that my daughter's older. And if I do potentially bring somebody into her life, I just want it to be as, as good as I can possibly make it so she can see that okay mm -hmm. so that's good the rule is i will not have people in my life sure. that i do not genuinely admire starting mm -hmm. with who with myself that's right in other words to break out of the transactional analysis what do you bring to the table for a woman well you're smooth you're charismatic you're charming great verbal skills you've got some money you're a good-looking guy, right? And that's yeah, all bullshit. I know you take a lot of pride in it, and I'm, that's fine, but it's bullshit. Because so nobody's going to admire someone for a facial structure they did not earn. Nobody's going to admire someone, oh, you kept your hair. You didn't earn that. It wasn't like you did something right and I did something wrong. I lost my hair and you kept your hair. It's not a moral thing or anything like that, right? And... The okay. fact that you've made some money, yeah, okay, that's that's good. That's not a moral thing. Lots of people make money in in ways that aren't particularly moral. I'm not saying you're in that category. I'm just saying it's not fundamentally a moral, a moral thing that that you made some money. So, the real challenge, if you want to bring the people in your life that you will genuinely look up to and admire, then the question is, how can you be that person for others? How can you be inspiring to others? Look, you know my history. Yes. Do you admire the fact that I've turned into a great dad? Yes. Okay. Do you admire the fact that I've got a great marriage? Yes. I mean, do you admire, you know, some aspects of my moral courage when facing a very dangerous and violent world that sometimes really wants to blow me up? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do, and I've thought about that many times, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, bomb threats, death threats, and all this kind of stuff. You, you keep going, right? So that is a non-transactional analysis. I'm not doing the show like, and that's why I don't take money for it, right? So you said, and you were very kind, and I appreciate the offer. Can I pay you for your time? I'm like, no, because that turns it into a transactional analysis. And that's oh, not what right. we're going to get, right? All right. Okay. And, and and listen, you're totally honorable to offer me that. And I really appreciate that. It was very, very kind. And I, I think it's a wonderful thing that you did. And you don't know any of this stuff, right? In particular, in the way that I'm explaining it. So no, I can't make it a transactional analysis. What am I going to do? Have an egg timer? Ding. Oh, that's 55 minutes, man. Look, we're going two and a half no. hours here. and We're not done, right? Mm -hmm. So a non-transactional analysis to be inspiring to other people. For no immediate personal benefit. Whoa. 
It's a little mind-blowing because, you know, you've got to get something out of it. Okay, well, what I'm getting out of this is help for your daughter, right? Who's, who's, your daughter's the innocent party in all of this. You had responsibility. Yeah. Your, your, your ex had responsibility. Your mother had responsibility. Her, her violent boy husband has responsibility. Your daughter is the one person who has no responsibility in this matter. She did not choose her parents. She did not choose to get drugged when she was four. She did not choose an eye twitch. She did not choose right any of this stuff. So no, she, she is the, the, the innocent party in, in all of this. And what does it benefit me to help her? Well, I don't know her. I'll never meet her with all, with all likelihood. Maybe she'll come in 10 years if I'm ever allowed out of my cage into the world again, right? But, I, but it is simply something that helps the world and that I can do something with some of the pain that I went through and, and make the world a better place thereby. It's a bit of a fuck you to the people who hurt me and a bit of a go world and get, get to a better place to, to, to what's going out there. But I, I don't think, and I think this is why people want to call me, this is not a transactional interaction, right? I'm not trying to figure out what I can get out of this. or And, I, and you are, and that's good. That's good because what you want to get out of this is what's best for your daughter, which I think is fantastic, right? But to start to think about how you can be inspiring to other people, inspiring to yourself, because if you can start to think about that, and I don't know exactly what is going to be inspiring for you. I don't know what is going to be, it's going to make you inspiring to others. Maybe it's taking some of your wealth and, and putting it to some particularly uh, good cause. Maybe it's doing, you know, quote, selfless stuff out there in the world, or maybe it's donating to uh, a, a charity or, or some hospital that's doing good. I don't know. It could be any, any number of things, right? Um, but whatever it's going to be, what you need to do is you need to start modeling non-transactional interactions to your daughter. So that you break the cycle of, okay, well, what's in it for me, right? So could you give me one or two examples of, of how to model that for my daughter? I mean, yeah, I was talking about this a little bit in the show last night. So one of the ways that you can do it, of course, is for, for everyone, every, every time you meet someone, go above and beyond to make their life a little better. You know, leave a great tip and then don't expect to be thanked. Um, uh, if, if somebody's having a tough time, help them, right? Okay. I was, uh, you know, <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a store today. And I, I was buying some equipment, and the guy was selling me a, um, uh, you know, these extended warranties. And normally I don't take them, but for reasons that aren't important right now, I decided to take them. So I bought two things, and he he was trying to give me both of the extended warranties. But I, I'd noticed that the the document he brought up, the code was for you know one item right and so he was trying to click his way through and he's one of these people they drive me kind of crazy by the way the people who like you know they're doing something on the computer they look at the keyboard they look over at the mouse they look at the screen they move the mouse they look at the screen again they check the keyboard they click and it's just it's so slow because i'm like i'm all over the place like like a master pianist on a key on a computer i'm because i'm just blurring i've been using them for so long and he was just it was really slow and it was really painful and and he couldn't figure it out and i said oh well i think if you scroll down on the document the, the second page is like for two items and I have two items. So, and then he's like, Oh, I think you're right. Right. 
So then what he does is he tries to edit it, but he can't edit it. And he keeps clicking on grayed out checkboxes and it's like, they're grayed out, you can't click on them. <laughs> it's what computers mean. That's what they're saying when it's grayed out, you can't. He kept kind of clicking to like a box that was grayed out and trying typing into it. And and I'm like, I'm sl- I'm you know, this is going on for like 15 minutes and I got some place to be. And and this is a situation that, you know, would would try the patience of Job, right? And so then he calls someone else over to help, and that person, uh, you know, can't can't figure it out. And they call someone else, and it's just like, oh my god! I said, look, can you can you just cancel, just cancel the the extended warranty? And then of course they couldn't figure out how to cancel it. And anyway, I it was just, and you know, this it's normally a situation where I go a little little crazy, right? But of course I'm sitting there thinking, okay, look, and I and I just like you know, this must be incredibly frustrating. I can. I, I'm in no rush. Take your time. It's not a big deal. I'm very. I'm very happy with the service I've got here. Uh, and and I. I it, rather than I don't want to barge in and tell someone how to do their job because as an outsider, I think that might just be kind of humiliating. But I did design computer software, and I did know how these. I do know how these things work in general. So I'm like, you know what? Just delete the whole thing and let's just start again. And we'll choose the column where the two extended. Them. But anyway, so I won't get into the whole details of it, but we got through the transaction and we parted on, on the best of terms, right? Now, of course, I could have been like, dude, I mean, I just cancel it all. I, I, I'm going somewhere else. I, I could have been, you know, and again, this is a store, you know, everybody's had a tough time. Well, most of the people have had a tough time in retail during the pandemic and all of that. And I would have been, quote, within my rights to get upset and frustrated and all of that. And I was feeling upset and frustrated because I just that kind of slowness is is really drives me mad. Right. And my, my brain just works so fast that that I feel like most people that are around me. It's like in slow motion or, or like I, I feel like everyone's underwater a lot of times. But no, I'm like, I'm going to make this guy's interaction with me positive. Right. And uh, so while we were waiting, you know, I asked him about his life a little bit. How you doing? And, and how's the pandemic been for you? And all just little things. And, and so at the end of it, he's like, you know, thank you for your patience. I know that was frustrating. And I'm like, hey, you know what? In the big picture of life, it's not important. And you learn something and all that. Right. And so uh, I'm not saying this makes me any kind of moral hero or anything like that. But just if you want to start small, you just say, OK, everybody who interacts with me goes away with a smile on their face. That's not transactional, right? I mean, I, I had to grit my teeth quite a bit today and, and just deal with this and, and be positive about it and have the guy enjoy having me as a customer, even though I wasn't enjoying having him as a salesperson, right? Just enjoy. And, you know, he was an older guy and he clearly wasn't very computer literate and, you know, anyway. So as far as non-transactional analysis or non-transactional relationships – Go above and beyond what's necessary to get through the day and give somebody a compliment. You know, somebody's uh, somebody's got a nice hat on. Say, oh, that's a fantastic hat. Or, you know, hey, where did, where did you get this great haircut in the middle of a pandemic? It looks fantastic. Whatever you like about someone, whatever you think is positive about someone. Um, I've told people they have great teeth. What a wonderful smile, you know, uh, um, nice. Gla- I mean, little things where it doesn't benefit you. It's not because you want anything it's just a positive thing in the world that you can start small and then you you can look back on your day and you can say everyone who interacted with me had a better time because of it or certainly a better time than if they had interacted with someone else and then what you're doing is you're modeling to your daughter now how big this goes with regards to your ex and I don't I don't know because that's a whole other other situation but if you start small and you can do this in business. You can do this, this, you know, with your daughter. 
whatever you do that goes above and beyond, that is non-transactional, you know how we were talking about karma earlier? It comes back to you in ways you can't even imagine. It just, it really does. And and you don't do it for that because you can ever predict it and it, it, you may never see it. And it may be something else, right? Maybe maybe the guy I was dealing with today was having a really terrible day. Uh, maybe he had uh, a grandbaby in the house and, and he hadn't had any sleep. And if I had humiliated him, maybe it would have trickled down and he would have snapped at his daughter and his daughter would have snapped at the baby. And like, you know, it's just a positive thing in the world that changes people's perceptions. And to restrain yourself from legitimately humiliating someone if they're doing a bad job and just trying to be encouraging and positive, all of these kinds of things, you start, you know, with the relatively small things and so on. And you are showing your daughter that you, you people are better off for interacting with you and you're not doing it to get anything. And that gives her a sense of, okay, that's kind of admirable because she's not probably seen a lot of that. That's a positive thing. My dad is leaving smiles in his wake, you know, like a ship goes, you get the wake. My dad leaves yeah. smiles or positive things in his wake. And that is going to give her something to admire and is going to give her an idea that that's what she should start looking for is people who go above and beyond and leave positivity in their wake that she can admire you. She'll then be able to admire a guy who does that kind of stuff because it sounds like, at least this is why I was asking you all these questions earlier, it sounds like everything that you have done has been calculated for your immediate benefit at the expense often of other people. And again, not some big criticism or condemnation. I'm just sort of pointing out the transactional nature of these things, which is perfectly natural because you grew up with yeah. naked transactional crap, you know, just mutual dry calculations of mutual utility, right? Well, you know, she's young and fertile and I like to have sex, so I'll pay her bills with regards to your mom and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, with the your, your wife's, ex-wife's husband, he's like, well, I don't like this kid in the house, so I'm going to figure out a way to get, get the kid out because that's to my benefit and to my kid's benefit. He doesn't really think about the devastation that might unleash on your daughter. It's just I, me, me, I, right? In the same way that your promiscuity had harmful effects on some women. And, sure. uh, but for you, it was like, but, but I want to, I want to have sex. Like what, why, what other calculation could there be? Right. Absolutely. You're right. So thinking about things larger in the world, which you have not had modeled to you. And I don't blame you one tiny bit for not knowing it any more than, you know, if I'd never even heard of Japanese, I could never be expected to speak it. Right. But instead of figuring out what you want and how to get it and moving people around like a chess piece to get what you want, which they'll hate you for. I mean, if you want to sort of figure out the rage that your ex-wife has towards you, I don't know what it is specifically, of course, but in general, it's because you you were using her because you did not admire the quality of her character because <clears throat> she does not have a good quality of character given, you know, how her life is ending up and the harm that she she's, she's drugging the three and a half year old, right? I mean, or, or allowing it to happen or whatever, right? And and she's kicking the kid out and, and she's got a violent husband, and right? So So she did not have qualities of character that made you admire her like wow look at all the great good she's doing in the world look at the wonderful she teaches me about responsibility in ways that i never even thought and i can inspire her in my way and like that's 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 a love relationship but that's a, that's a love relationship but this you know she's young she's hot she's you know she doesn't cause me any trouble i mean that's like a pet that's not like a a, a goddess you can be inspired by and so because you chose her for things she did not earn 
but had to pretend that you liked her. You lied to her. And you fundamentally lied to her. And, and you were lying to yourself probably as well. And again, I know this sounds like a moral criticism. I don't mean it in that way at all. It's that you had to pretend that you liked her because you wanted her sexually and you wanted her from reasons of status and vanity and whatever it was, right? But you had to pretend that you liked her in order to be with her. And because you lied to her and pretended that you liked her, she ended up hating you. Because she couldn't resist using the drug of her sexual market value to, to gain your attention and your resources, and you were probably high status for her as well because you're an older guy and you've got money and, 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 and you, she can live in a much nicer place than she possibly could as a student or whatever, right? So uh -huh. you, had to, in the, like you had to pretend. <clears throat> like if, if you'd have gone up to the women, that you the couple of hundred women that you slept with in your promiscuous phase, and you'd have said, I'm not interested in you, I don't like you, but let's have sex. <laughs> Okay. No, seriously, because that would be the most honest yeah. thing that you could say, right? I want um, sex, and I'm willing to use you for that, but I don't like you or have any interest in you whatsoever. I don't want to get to know you. I just want to use your flesh, right? Right. Like, that would have been the most honest thing. That, that's why I asked you about the, the pickup artistry and, and the, all of that, right? Which is, it is lying. It is lying. Because you're being cool and charming and negging and all of the shit that goes on. But you're not saying the true honest statement, which is, I want to use you for sex. I have no interest in you as a person. I, have no, I don't care what's in the brain. I only want what's between the legs. And so because you lied to and used women, and again, I'm not saying it was conscious. You thought it was like a cool thing, and, and it was, uh, you know, you get a lot of praise for this stuff. Your friends are all like, oh, my God, you, you lived the best life, and blah, 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 right? But you lied to and you used women, and then you got a woman who lied to you and used you. Like, that's inevitable. That's, that's, that's the grave we dig, right, <laughs> for ourselves when we bury a lot of bodies in, in that way, right? Or right. in your case, bury yourself in a lot of bodies. And listen, I, I know I can't see, you know, what. So I, I hope that this sort of makes some sense. And I, I also hope that you know that I'm not, oh, you're a bad guy. You were. I'm, I'm just pointing out that these are the patterns that you kind of want to, I think, really break in, in your daughter. Because you don't want your daughter, uh, you know, I assume because she's got a, a pretty mom that she's an attractive uh, 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 young woman. And, and so you don't want her using her physical attractiveness, or I'm sure she's inherited yeah. some charisma, some language abilities, and right, you don't want her to use her attractiveness in a transactional analysis because that will lead down exactly the same disastrous path that you and your wife traveled. Does this make I, sense? It makes perfect sense, and I that's why I, I called. I wanted to talk to you because I I wanted to hear some of these things and hear your insight and. I don't take it as criticism at all. I, I take oh, good, it as, good, good. Yeah, as, no, I'm I'm not trying to do that at all, right? I'm not trying to do that at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Believe me, I I appreciate everything you're saying, and you've definitely given me, you know, some interesting things to to think about. Maybe maybe some things that I really did know deep down, and were maybe just trying to avoid or cover up, but. Um, you know the the transactional relationship thing. That's that's something that <sighs> I think you just really hit a chord with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really 
view it as much. And, you know, as you're talking, I can't help but daydream and, and, and start thinking like, well, am I, am I teaching my daughter that? Have I been transactional with my daughter? In what ways am I trying to show her selflessness and, and, and abundance in a way that's not all about yourself? So, and this is why your wife got depressed, I would imagine, after she had a baby. And this is why there's so much postpartum depression, and this is why a lot of new parents find it so hard. Babies, there's no transactional analysis that works in any way, shape, or form with babies. Not a single tiny shred. Which is why it sounds to me, and you know, correct, it's why she kind of fell apart. Because she's so used to manipulating the world to get what she wants. But you can't manipulate a baby. A baby doesn't care how pretty you are or how hot you are or how big the house is or how your hair is. A baby doesn't care about any of that stuff. No, the baby cares that you're present and emotionally available and you have to put all your needs aside and be there just for the baby. And because she was used to a transactional analysis, she and her baby were speaking completely different languages. And she could not connect and she could like your daughter, right? She she could not because parents try to impose this transactional analysis all the time on kids. Now, you can't do it with babies, which is, again, why a lot of people, uh, particularly the prettier people and the people who are used to getting what they want for whatever reason. Like, I'm a very verbally adroit guy. I can I could manipulate the hell out of people if I wanted, but but I couldn't manipulate a baby. Baby doesn't care how many syllables I've got stuffed in my gizzard. Baby cares. Am I smiling? Do I have eye contact? Am I there for the baby? Do I want to play? Do I want to interact? Do I want to... Like all this stuff, right? Right. But there's no transactional analysis with babies. No, there isn't. And so the people who were used to the transactional analysis stuff... Remember, I tell you, this is exactly back to... Your sister said what about your mom and hugging? Yeah, I don't ever remember. Right. Mom giving us a hug. Right. Or give me a hug. Now yeah. that's a transactional analysis thing. Which means your mom said, I don't feel like giving a hug, so so I'm just not gonna give a hug. You know, and that's totally fine for a lot of things. I don't feel like buying a Maserati. You know what I'm not gonna do? Buy a Maserati. <laughs> right? Right. So so you understand with your mom, it was like I just I I don't want to I don't feel like giving these kids a hug. So Clearly, I'm not going to give these kids a hug without thinking what's best for the kids independent of what I want in the moment. And that's why I asked, what pleasure did your mom take just in you? No. that's tra- If somebody can't answer that, that's a transactional relationship. Like, if, if I go to a hot dog vendor and pay five bucks for a hot dog... And the hot dog fender says, well, what, what value do you have in me other than a hot dog? I'd be like, the only value I have in you is a hot dog. Because <laughs> you're a hot dog vendor and I want a hot dog. That's it, right? Right. Right. And that's why I asked, what did you like about the women or what did you promise to the women? I was trying to figure out the transactional side of your promiscuity, right? And she's 21 and you said she's immature. What was the what what value did you what what pleasure did you take in your then girlfriend's existence other than what she could do for you? Uh, uh, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know if I don't know if there was much. Well, if anything. there wasn't, right? And and 
and and the previous girlfriend, right? She was very manipulative, right? Yes. And you de- you destabilized her, my friend. She was not better off after she knew you than before. I'm not saying you're totally responsible. She's an adult and all that. But the question is, is this person better off after they've known me than before? That's your, one of your big measures for a non-transactional analysis, right? Because in the transactional analysis, you say, well, am I better off? And the other right. person is like, I don't know. I guess they could try to figure that out for themselves. But, you know, I got to figure out if I'm better off, right? Yeah. But she was not better off. She was heartbroken. She was obsessive. She was stalking. And look, I, I'm not saying you broke her, or, or I'm just saying that she was not better off after she knew you. Oh no, definitely not. I mean, something about you and her broke her, right? Yes. And you did kind of mess around with a woman in her 30s who wanted children, and you burned up what a year and a half of her fertility window. Yeah, about that. Well, and then whatever heartbreak it took her afterwards, right? Which was considerable. So, you know, maybe two or three years of of her, because she knew you, she lost two or three years and may have lost her capacity to have children. Now, again, I'm not saying it's 100% you, but I find in general, it's better in life if we just say it is 100% me, it's 100% you. Sure. Right? So, so. Because you found her physically attractive and because she was convenient to you at the time, she may not have ever become a mom. Potentially, yes. And that's very destabilizing for her, right? Yes. Now, how, how, whatever percentage you choose to take of ownership for that, I would suggest just go take it straight to the max. Because the people who take the most responsibility for everything are the most inspiring. That's just a basic fact of life. You sure. know, I was watching this interview with James Cameron, the director, and he made no money from Titanic, which was one of the biggest grossing films of all time, because he said, I, I gave up my percentage of the movie. Why? Because I went over budget. And I'm the kind of guy I take responsibility for, for everything. 100% me. I went over budget. I'm giving up my percentage of the movie. I want to spend more money on the movie. And he ended up, he made no money from that movie. One of the biggest movies of all time. Now you could say, well, you know, but the costs went up. He couldn't be predicted and things were slow and blah, 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 blah. But, but if he just says, look, I'm just going to take 100% of responsibility for going over budget. I mean, it's an amazing thing. 100% responsibility. That the quality of how people interact with you and how if they're better afterwards. But you did that woman some harm because you had time and she didn't. Because as a man, you can have kids into your 50s, 60s, 70s, I guess, right? <laughs> so you, you had time and she didn't. Uh-huh. And yet... When you listen back to this, what you would hear is a guy being a victim. And when you listen back to this as a whole, you will hear a guy straining his every muscle to convince me that he's a victim. And I would say that is not true. 
or at least it's not it's no longer true if you have the knowledge if you have the insight yeah you're right i mean I'm you not... were a victim as a child 100 percent. as an adult though you did victimize others were you all were you always just the victimizer and yeah you were a victim at times but you victimized others i did right i agree but agree. you haven't said any of that to me. You've you've been oh, when she went crazy, and then she did this, and and then she did that, and she's yelling at the dogs, and she wouldn't she wouldn't sure. do the groceries, and like all the hard done by stories, right? She was nice, and then I moved in, and then she kind of went crazy. She wanted a father figure, and I asked you, did you talk about any of this? Did you know anything about her childhood? And she's like, you're know, like no. Then you're no longer a victim if you studiously avoided learning about her. Because you wanted to bang her, and then she turns out to be crazy. You're not a victim. Yeah, I don't know if I was trying to give you the impression that I was being a victim because I, I don't feel victimized. Um, you got to sure. let don't. Let, I, I won't. I mean, I, this is not a debatey point, and not because I'm certain yeah. that I'm right. I'm just saying, listen back to it, and if you listen back to it really critically, how okay? okay. How much did I take ownership? How much did I say? Well, you know, Steph, I've been listening. How how long you've been listening to this show? I've been listening to you for a while. It's, okay. it's a year. Like, so, I mean... Forever. Right. So, you know, if, you, if you'd said, hey, you know, Steph, I've listened to your show. I, I studiously avoided learning about this woman's childhood because she was so hot, I didn't want to break the illusion. So I took what I want, and then I paid for it. I reached into the fire. I got my hand burnt. It was completely predictable. You didn't say any of that to me. Nothing. <laughs> because you need to say, you know, hey, she was great, and then she just mysteriously wasn't. Yeah. No, you're right. And it might have been lurking in the back of my mind, and yet I still chose to avoid it and yeah. say it. You're, you're not a victim. Sure. I mean, you, 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 you tell a very good story about being a victim. You really do. Yeah. And as a child, absolutely. 100%. 100%. As an adult, no. No, hundred <laughs> percent no, responsibility, and and especially because you had access to this show for years and other people didn't. So I think this show helps people, you know, in terms of knowledge and patterns and sexual market value and ultimate responsibility and and virtue. Uh, love is involuntary response to virtue. I don't know if you ever read Real Time Relationships or anything like that, but you had access to some pretty advanced knowledge about all of this stuff, and you're still like, you know, and just things happen to me. <laughs> You know, think people went crazy on me. I don't know. She turned into a stalker. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but you'll you'll see how funny it is in, in in time, which is no, absolutely not. And that's a refusal to just look at it as being transactional. The transactional thing is you took what you wanted, you paid for it. The transactional thing is. Hey, you can buy the candy bar, you put down your two bucks on the counter, you take what you want and you pay for it. Or you steal the candy bar and you get arrested. You take what you want and you pay for it. And you took all of these hot girls and you banged all of these hundreds of women and this and that. Do you think there was never going to be a price for that? Come on. Of course there is. Oh, I, I'm paying for it. I, I really You are paying for it, but you feel I, like a victim. Um, I don't I don't think I feel like a victim. But you oh well, you communicate as a victim I, does. Maybe I present it that way, but yeah, you communicate. And listen, I don't think you communicate as a victim to the guy who opposes victimhood like the plague, <laughs> because you were taunting me the whole conversation, man, by playing the victim card. You really were, and I, I was, I'm like, okay, hey, if I can deal with the guy today, clicking like one click a minute on a grayed out box on a Windows computer, uh, I, I can, 
I can listen to you be a victim for two hours and I can I can roll with it. Yeah, and no, I'm I'm curious. I'm gonna listen back to it and see how I sound because I, I No, not just how you sound, but where you say I created this mess. I chose a woman for the wrong reasons. I avoided knowledge of her. That was my choice, and I am responsible for that. You grudgingly admitted when I pointed it out, but you never, never once came up with it yourself. Fair enough. This woman, my ex-wife, who grew up with a drug addict mother, is drugging her daughter. Yeah, it was my... No, but you understand the pattern there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do. Okay. She may be on drugs herself in terms of psychotropics. I don't know, right? But here's the thing, right? The woman who grew up with the drug addict mother is drugging her daughter. And you say this to me like, oh, my God, this terrible woman is drugging my daughter. (gasps) Appalling, right? I I, I can't believe it, right? And it's like, well, of course you can believe it. Because you studiously avoided finding out about this woman's childhood. Yes, you told I did. me very clearly you did not find out until much later that the mother was a drug addict. You're, you're right. I didn't know. You're right. I did avoid it. Because she was hot and you wanted to just get, get what you point. wanted. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's what I mean about self-ownership. And you've been taunting me. With, oh my God, this terrible woman drugged my daughter. It's like, hello? (laughs) You dated a woman who had unprocessed childhood trauma whose mother was a drug addict. And the only reason you dated her was because she was pretty. And now you've got a pretty daughter and other men are going to want to give your daughter a free pass because she's pretty. And other people are going to want to say to your daughter, you're not responsible for anything. I'll take care of you. You don't ever have to grow up. And it's all going to be transactional because they want from your daughter when she's of age and right, or maybe younger, God help you, right? Because she's pretty. And she grew up with a mother and a grandmother who got away with everything because they were pretty. And she's going to have that power growing over the next couple of years. How is she going to resist it? Especially when she only exists because her father succumbed to pretty. And not virtue. She only is alive because you chose looks over virtue. And then other men are going to come along with the boys and men, the same offer. And you've got to break that cycle. You've got to start choosing people in your life for virtue. And you've got to start being someone who can inspire it and be admired. And you have to say, your mother is in your life because I chose her. Your mother broke your heart because I chose her. I am responsible for your mother breaking your heart. I am responsible for your mother drugging you. I am responsible for you being kicked out of your home. I am responsible for what you saw in the car with the guy you thought was going to get a gun and shoot your father. I am 100% responsible for all of this. And I am so sorry. 
and I can say I didn't know. But that's kind of a lie because I've been listening to this crazy Canadian guy on the internet who gave me all of the tools I needed and I just chose not to use them. I mean, that's a conversation I I could easily have with my daughter. No, you couldn't. No, if it's an easy conversation, you've got it wrong. It is not an easy conversation. Don't be glib. Well, don't underestimate how tough it is to take this kind of ownership. If it was this easy, you would have done it already. Because if you're glib, because the glibness is like the bit, you, you're a bit maddening, but the glibness, I apologize for you. Know, okay, it's not like I'm coming down hard. And you're kind of annoying with the glibness. Oh, it's easy. Oh, it was really nice. Oh, it was great. And it's like, I said this a bit early. I can't remember what context. So I was pushing back on the, you know, nice and easy and great stuff and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you were going to visit your girlfriend's dad and, and she said, do you want to come visit my, my, my parents? And you're like, yeah, sure. Why not? You were very glib about it, right? Yeah. I know this sounds like three days ago at this point, right? But no, but you were very glib about it. And I said, well, what do you mean? Why not? I can tell you what, like, you, you kind of skate over these things. And I don't want you to think that this conversation with your daughter is just going to be easy because it's not. You're going to go into it unprepared. Oh, I got this. It's easy. No, it's not easy. It's not easy to look your daughter in the eye and say a good proportion of the pain you're suffering is 100% my fault. You think that's an easy conversation to have with your kid? I'm responsible for a lot of the pain in your life. Yeah, you well, can't tell that's easy. I'll have. Yeah, I know you'll have it, and I, I'm, I think that's great, and I admire you for it. But please, please, just don't think you can just slide into this like you're, you know, picking up someone in yeah. Margaritaville. Yeah. No, and and I understand. I, I I I don't know if I pictured it in my head. Like, hey, you know, hey, sit down. I got something to tell you. Like, it wouldn't be like that. Obviously, you why know, not? it's my daughter's feelings. Why well, couldn't it be some? Why why couldn't it be something? I'm not saying it should be. I'm just I'm not curious why it could be something like that. Well, because I would want to think about it beforehand and, and think about exactly. Oh yeah, how yeah. Uh, yeah, to yeah. Say. Like, I don't want to just go into something like that and say, hey, you know what, like. <laughs> Let's have a little chat. Like that's something I would approach with a little more sensitivity and um, thoughtfulness, for sure. Um, yeah, but if it doesn't kind of half break your heart to have the conversation, you're probably not digging deep enough. No, of course. Any any revealing conversation that I have with my daughter, you know, on, on things about that, that hurts. Right, sure. and I'm I'm simply saying that because in this conversation, you haven't really shown any yeah. pain oh i've i've experienced tons of pain i've cried i've i've doubted myself i've what you mean I've in this conversation myself, no in life oh okay and, okay and some, no I, i'm just talking about in this conversation yeah and you know even with my daughter sometimes i'm like well i i hope i'm not manipulating her the way i used to manipulate some women like and i'm I, i'm genuinely trying to like watch my actions and where they're coming from and what my intentions are like i'm you know, maybe I try to put off a smug little like, hey, nonchalant attitude because that's just what I'm used to. Maybe like the way I dress, but deep down, that's it's kind of not who I am or it's not who I am anymore for sure. Yeah, I so, mean, um, you know, it, it strikes me that you might have put more thought into your outfits than the choice of you, the mother of your children. 
Yeah, and I'm paying for that mistake, I, for right. sure. And I, Listen, I, there was a time where sorry, go ahead. Vanity, yeah, there was a time where vanity and and projection, you know, was was all that I knew and all that I cared about. But you know, like I said, you know, I don't date anymore. That's not who I am. I don't care about how I dress anymore. I don't care about how you know, long or cute my hair looks. It's it's more about being real and figuring out who I am and how to provide the best and most secure life for my daughter. Like every nothing else matters. Like okay, nothing. Good. Good. She's she's everything. All right. Listen, uh, it's midnight here, so I'm gonna wind this up. But first of all, yeah. I really really appreciate your patience in the chat. I'm sure it's not comfortable sitting in the car yeah. that long. I'm very glad your daughter was not around. Because we're cussing like a bunch of old stub stub toed sailors, um, and will you keep me posted about how things are going? I absolutely will, and I appreciate your time and all your insights. Really I appreciate valuable. it, man. Best of luck to you, and and thank you for the chat again. Okay, take care. Bye.